Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 87, featuring two great films by a very interesting director, Greek director named Yorgos Lanthinos. And of course, we all know these films uh, because they're pretty much in the repertoire of Martini Giant. They are The Lobster from 2015, followed by The Killing of a Sacred Deer by from 2018. Both of these films are very controversial. Both of these films are very strange. And they're, shall we say, uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit hard to digest in a lot of ways. But we love it, as you can imagine. Uh, and of course, someone loves one film a lot more than the other. And another person loves the other film a lot more than the other. And we all have a great discussion as to why each one of us is, is right or not right. It's a great discussion. Honestly, it's a great episode. I love these guys. I absolutely love doing Martini Giant. And the fact that we disagree on things uh, is what actually makes it so much better because we actually have a lot to discuss on these things. So anyway, a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, it's great. Now, of course, as you guys know, we do do these podcasts uh, on Twitch, as I, we've mentioned many, many times. And being part of that conversation has really, really changed the dynamics of how the podcast works. And we would love to make sure that you guys can be part of it. And so please, please, if you can, subscribe to us. And that's just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And uh, if you are on Twitch, and just go ahead and subscribe and let us know when it happens. Now, I know sometimes these podcast recordings are going to be a little late for you. And I apologize. And you can, of course, just continue to listen to us on your normal podcast stream. But nonetheless, uh, if you are available uh, this Saturday, which is going to be March 5th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are going to be doing Buckaroo Banzai, which I figured would be a really fun uh, podcast episode that was discussed on our Discord channel. More to come on that. But anyway, we will be doing Buckaroo Banzai again, March 5th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is GMT minus 8. So you're just going to have to do the math to figure out when that time zone works for you. Now, the way that these Twitch work, these Twitch uh, 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 watch parties work, is that they actually work through Amazon Prime because Twitch is actually owned by Amazon. So if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you actually have the ability to donate one subscription free with your Amazon Prime subscription to a channel. If you choose us to be that channel, we would really appreciate it because it actually gives us uh, money or actually helps pay for the podcast. So please do that. If you say, oh yeah, I've got one free subscription to give out, please give it to us. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, just go to uh, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant and give that to give us that subscription. It would really be very helpful. Now, what do you get with that? Well, obviously you get to support the channel, but there's something extra we can give you with that, and that is our Discord. I mentioned that earlier. If you go to our Discord, if you want to be part of our Discord, uh, we should have a link on our Twitter, which will be uh, at Martini Giant on our Twitter, or you can just look up Martini Giant on Discord and join our Discord channel. It's just started a couple of weeks ago. It's actually going really well. There's a lot of great discussions happening on Discord, and we would love to have you there. And if you are a subscriber to Twitch, you actually get access to a special channel on our Discord, which is going to be uh, for subscribers only. So uh, go ahead and do that. We would love to be part of Discord. And if you're not a subscriber and it's not part of what you want to do, of course, you're still absolutely welcome to our Discord and our Twitch. And we would also love to have you there. 
and there's still lots of great discussions and we can obviously still make suggestions and all the other stuff but love to have you on both and have you there but for now let's get to the podcast episode number 87 the Yorgos Lantino special the lobster and the killing of a sacred deer enjoy Anything else going on with you guys? You guys excited about this stream? This very uplifting two movies that we're going to be showing. Hey, hey, you know it. We were just talking about that. Yeah, we were thinking of doing it. We that we should uh, if MG ever hits it big and we get to host our own film festival, we should do like the inappropriate combo film festival and run. Yeah, like, just like the awkward duck, film festival. Yeah, it's like you know duck soup and um, um, you know uh, a killing of a sacred deer or. Uh-huh. Uh, do Tootsie and um, uh, and uh, 120 Days of Sodom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think people would love this. You just like slam headlong into that next picture, like, depending upon which one you see first, it might really cheer you up, right? Oh, God, and bus in like retirees. That would be a great idea. Like, you're horrible for doing that. What was the movie that we watched that was a Netflix thing with? George Clooney's sci-fi film that came out not long this Solaris? No, 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 no. Not Solaris. It's he's like the last man on the planet kind of thing. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's Dr. Shanahan's Mystical Journey. It's Dr. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Does it's he play Dr. Sad. Shanahan? Because that he guy's does, famous. But yeah. he's good. Even though yeah. with the top hat, you're like, wait, that is that Dr. is. Dr. I was confused because Dr. Shanahan's so shorter than he is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in the book, yes. But in, in the book, I mean, and you can't really tell in the book because it's a book. book. You can't actually see how short it is. Yeah. Like, what does short mean in that context? Oh. So yeah. we are streaming, right? We're on. Yeah, we're. We've been oh, okay, it's real bit. now. Sorry, I'm putting up. I'm putting Why up. It's for real, Chris. Well, I did tell you. Backslash Martini Hello. Giant. Hello, everybody. How are you? Let's find out who's here. I'm excited. Is anybody here? No one's here yet. No one's here yet. Ah, that's all right. Just keep on talking weird stuff. Oh, uh, <clears throat> just for the podcast, because not the live stream. We just have a list of. Oh my God, Johnny Ray is here mm. from Dubai. You know, like just names, throw names yeah. out. William, <laughs> exactly. William from New York City. We got. Oh my God, we just got our two hundredth person live on uh, from New York City. Eloise so, from Old Scone. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's great. And so people listening to the podcast, like, God, these guys got like, they're totally... really hitting it big. It's really something. Yeah. Everyone in old school and listens to them. I can't believe I'm not doing it. Yep. The John C. Riley's in London yeah. right now. He just yep. gave a thumbs up. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> not that John, John C. Riley. Different yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, different yeah. John C. Riley. J-O-N-C. Riley. Yeah. yeah it's a different, they yeah. call Johnny C. Johnny C's. Riley's his last name, but he's an effects guy. He lives in London. Oh yeah, but yeah, so, he gives a thumbs up because he knows that we're doing this film. His road is so there clean. There are several visual effects, Chris Nichols. <laughs> I know. That. Oh, look at that. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I saw my uh, friend Luke uh, showed me what he bought from the store. Uh, Which was it? And it was the. Uh, he got a mug, and he got uh, the new, the new painting. I think on a. Did he get the tote bag? It was laid out. It was he the tote bag of the shirt? It looked great. Did it? And the print oh, great. Nice. Yeah. I don't have any of those products. I should get them. Yeah, I love that. Thing. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to get a new mug with. Uh, Jason's here. Alan Schneller's here. Oh yeah, following on in. When you're Hello, feeling fellas. blue, buy a mug. There we go. It's an old saying, and it still rings true. Buy a mug. Buy a mug. That's what they used to do in the old One days. One for each hand. 
That's what you can do is check a huge collection of uh, China. It's because if you want someone to say, check out the mug on that guy, you can, you know, check out the mug on that guy. Right. Yeah, it's true. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. But Mm -hmm. to answer your question from hours ago. Yeah, things are pretty good. (laughs) Um, I get, um, uh, I, I, I got, uh, uh, finally some actors to be in my thing. Oh, you've been shooting just plates for now, just empty yeah, plates. Yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> just gonna track everybody in post. That's basically good. Yeah, slowly but surely, we are uh, we are getting people interested in this uh, project, and I'm very excited about it. And, uh, uh, we have that. Uh, we'll like have that done soon. Eric shooting an entire movie by based on all of his vacation photos of Tokyo. You just like danger Tokyo. All these shots, narrate on top of it. Mm-hmm. you guys don't know the story about behind that eric had this idea that he was going to make a short i did about though. him I making a short <laughs> it was a short yeah, about no, it was a feature film a it, yeah it was a short <laughs> the, about this, you making a feature film called danger tokyo, which tokyo. Was all, yeah the accountant it was the, the premise of the film was that <clears throat> a really kind of dim-witted accountant who has trouble with the decimal points um <laughs> basically uh advises his client who's wealthy to when he goes on his trip to tokyo is to shoot it because if he makes just take video because if you make it uh the video and edit it you can turn it into a low budget um like thriller or heist film and you can use the whole thing as a write-off so the whole trip, the guy, the whole trip. what the happens is the guy films a yakuza hit so then he and his wife are this is a great idea it's a great idea then, yeah, it's Danger Tokyo, baby. And then yeah, uh, <laughs> they go, um, what's it called? So he, the accountant in L.A., feels so guilty that he just rambles up people from this acting class and they shoot downtown. And I did a whole shoot downtown. Just oh, like God, that's kicking good. Kicking and explosions. And they got this surfer dude in a basement somewhere, which was a director I knew, uh, to be like, I'll edit it, man. And so they just cut this film. And he, he basically is like, he trains them. Um, then they go to Tokyo to save them. Oh, this is amazing. I love this. I love it. It's a total, it's in-laws. Yeah, I'm, hey, man, I'm not going to complain about the in-laws. Serpentine, serpentine. Shell, you were fantastic back there. <laughs> You're fantastic. Really? I didn't. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, we're, we're still continuing the Alan Arkin from the Art Predator I've been, podcast. I've been getting, National Geographic. I've been getting <laughs> National Geographic for 14 years. I've never seen beaks, bugs. Yes, beaks yes, that's, yes. Shell, I would love to share the photo, Shell, but like put them in a jacket and got martinized. Yeah, get martinized. You know what no, I would do I if I were you? I would get into that chopper. <laughs> the cracker shell. It absorbs the grease. No, I don't want to hear about the CIA. It is, it is very sad. Children being eaten by these giant flies. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. That's it. it was, see the fl- it's a it's flying away a child underneath the, in the claws. <laughs> the Titsi flies of death. Yeah. The Titsa de Mortes. I've yeah, never heard of this. I've never heard of this. No. Again, you look at, I love when He's Alan Arkin insane. doesn't believe somebody and he just keeps on humoring him. It's one of the funniest things that he ever does. He's like, well, really? No, that's really interesting. <laughs> but then he believes them. You know, yeah, and then he is. Like, you were fantastic, <laughs> Shell, back there. Well, I tried. Oh, God, God, do I love that movie. That was absolutely terrific. And like you could almost cross edit that with like the the uh, the like uh, with uh, bananas. Like basically, it's the oh same. God, like yeah. <laughs> the ending is basically bananas, and you could have a uh, you could have a uh, a two parter out of that thing. So it's pretty amazing. 
Rebels are we, born to be free, just like the fish in the sea. Okay. Mm. I'll take How... um, 800 tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> and, <wine. laughs> and we've discussed it before, but I think one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my entire life is when um, the rebels are given the uh, uh, the new uniforms to fake being, or, or the, uh, the government is faking being the rebels, and they get these fake uniforms. Oh, the, the cops like on the pants! The <laughs> cops on the pants line is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's like, what kind of tailoring is this? He put cuffs in my pants. God, that is one of my. I that is one of the funniest movies films, I've ever seen. Like, when I was a just kid, insane. I, I rented those week after week. It was just <laughs> We have someone new on the on the on the uh, joining us. Ice Wizard. Ice Wizard. Show. Welcome, Ice Wizards. Wizard with an E. There are multiple wizards <laughs> who have joined joined us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, Ice Wizard. Ice Wizards. E. Yes. E. What's that? Well, welcome aboard. Thanks very welcome much for coming. Aboard and welcome to the most depressing podcast of all. We time. are going to be buoyant and Ebullient. Ebullient? How do you say <laughs> Is a that a word? Ebullient? Ebullient. What is it? We're going to be effervescent and cheerful. Cheerful and we'd be filled with joy in dramatic opposition to the movies that we're going to be discussing. Yes. Yes. A lot of Greeks. They do it right, man. Okay, I'm going to look this up. Okay, ebullient. 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 Does that mean, actually, I mean, is that, that means in diametric opposition to? No, ebullient means, I'll give you the actual meaning. The way that I uh, intend it is cheerful and full of energy. Ebullient. Yeah. yeah. Oh. There you go. There's a, there's a word that will never, ever come up again. I thought life. ebullient was a yes or no answer. Or oh, that's a boolean. <laughs> a boolean. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's when you, when you separate a section of a cube with a sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That's that's exactly true, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I've been I've been making a push to try to get people involved with um, shooting the pilot of the live action half of the pilot that I'm shooting right now. Uh, and uh, how's that going, by the way? Uh, it's going great. The animated half looks spectacular, and I just started doing uh, learning how to do actual mouth animations uh, that look pretty good. And uh, the only thing. Uh, that we've been sort of pushing off is the live action half. It's sort of a Roger Rabbity setup, and like, and uh, the, we get we've gotten a couple of people that are interested, but finally this week we've gotten it's starting to come uh, come together quickly, and we'll hopefully be shooting soon. That's great. I'm excited about it. Congratulations. And, uh, oh, that's good. I think you guys are gonna like it, son. I know Chris mm -hmm. is not happy you're doing it, but I am. Well, well, what can you do about it? No, I, yeah. I mean, I read his blog I mean, posts all the time. It takes yeah, away from the podcast, and that's, that's right. Problem. You can see because yeah. I'm not quite as ebullient as I would have been. <laughs> that's right, and that how is the use of the word of how, how many times can we fit that into a sentence? <laughs> this is it. This is the this is the time when people Google ebullient. They're going to get this first, and then the definition. Why did Martini Giant episode seventy eight come out? What's sure. the, the what, there was a the, what's the uh, the the there was a, a Phineas and Ferb episode where they 
find out the name of the little plastic tabs at the end of your shoelaces, which is called a agate or something like that. I think <laughs> nice. Okay. And so they make an entire episode just based on using that word, like learning, getting people to learn that word. It's, it's <laughs> I'm a big fan. I think my, fa <laughs> I think my favorite all time finance and verb is when the evil uh, doctor learns a way to replicate himself like a zombie. Oh yeah. 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 And like that one of us, one of us, what, yeah, yes, yes, like uh, more of yeah. more of me. I think it's more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more <laughs> of me. <laughs> it's really, yeah. pretty amazing. <clears throat> Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Okay, uh, so we should get into what we're going to be talking about today. Today we are talking about two films by Yorgos. What's his last name? Lanthimos. Lantimos. Yep. Lantimos. Yorgos yeah. Lantimos. Yep, and he, um, so I can pronounce. He made uh, Dog Tooth, I think, and uh, uh, I think one other movie. And then uh, these are his later two movies that we are watching. These are the, the, mm -hmm. the freshest stuff from Mr. Lanthimos. Uh, Colin, Colin, starring Colin Farrell on both of them, uh, The Lobster and the Killing of a Sacred Deer. So I've oh, seen sorry, the... in, in that it was also the favorite is one of his recent ones, which is all, an excellent, excellent movie. Is that a good movie? I haven't That's seen a great yet. movie. You would really like the favorite, Eric. That's a great. Why movie. is that? Is it your favorite? Um, is that is my second favorite of his movies, but it is a really crisp, funny, uh, clever sort of like historical movie. Oh, and nice. uh, and so like all the aspects of it, I think you're going to really get a kick out of the acting's great. So anyway, but the one we're covering today are the lobster, the lobster and the, and the killing of a sacred deer. Yes. Uh, so I had seen the lobster. I had not seen the killing of a sacred deer uh, until today. Which one was or... funnier to you? <laughs> the latter for me. Did the kids like it? No, it's a great, a great one for kids. Oh that's my a, God. Let's be honest. That's a great yeah. No, no, not not good for kids. Not good for me, it's especially since <laughs> poisonous actually in my soul. <laughs> because the, the the second one, I mean, the, that it's exactly the dynamic of my family. Like the the family is exactly my family. Yeah, like, like almost identical. Yeah, right, right. Same age, kids, everything. You, you're yeah. a heart surgeon. Yeah, I am a heart surgeon. Yes, true. and she's yeah. also a doctor. Yep. you know yeah and it's nicole kidman and, in and we always and we and we you know quietly smoke cigarettes all the time yep yep uh yeah and what's but, interesting dan lies on the bed like he's under anesthesia for yeah you. i mean i do this when i do the podcast normally for people who haven't seen yeah. the podcast normally i'm just lying there inert but yep. today you know what i am today Bulimic. Uh, <laughs> was it bulimic? Is that what it I'm bulimic, as you can tell. It hasn't. It hasn't hit yet, though. <laughs> so it hasn't really taken effect, as you can as you can tell. Okay. Uh, uh, apologies to anyone who is bulimic or a bullion. Or, or a bullion. <laughs> a bu or a bullion. <laughs> or a bullion operation. <laughs> There's pluses and minuses to pluses, that. There's pluses and minuses <laughs> to that. Exactly. Very true. It's hit or miss. <laughs> it's a hit or miss operation. Hey, math fans, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Uh, anyone uh, here of our listeners here, uh, or who have joined us on Twitch, uh, which one of you have you guys seen either of these movies? Uh, none of these movies, or one of these movies? 
and let us know which one you've seen and uh, we can get into it. Uh, it's a little bit hard to describing these movies. You're going to go, what the hell? Especially the what lobster. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I think that it. I mean, both of them. I it is one of the most creative concepts I think out yeah, there. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like I, I think that uh, the killing a sacred deer is more. It's definitely more plot oriented, but it's basically just as strange. Mm -hmm. um, is it? Lobster. No, I've seen that movie before. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's like it's strange in a in a like. For me, okay, I'll just say it out front. Like, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the lobster, and I like Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I will say that Killing of a Sacred Deer is a is a much subtler piece than lobster yeah. is. Lobster is like right in your face, bizarre all the time. Mm -hmm. And Killing of a Sacred Deer, like the things that make it weird, are very, very muted. But there's a lot of them. Uh, right. it's, a, it's a massive amount of discomfort in that movie, uh, and it's just enough to sort of like keep you watching uh as it gets worse and worse and nastier and nastier until you're like oh fuck why did i watch this movie uh, did you find when you first saw this film i saw it when it came out because somebody i know recommended which one that i, I like it the killing mm -hmm. and i the whole movie or at least the up to the second act i i mean i literally was sleuthing like it was in my mind like it was, you know, something was going on like that wasn't the way it was mm -hmm. at the end of your feeling. It was more like, who's he working with in order, or he's going to, you know, tell the, he's trying to extort him. There was something, or at least yeah, you're trying to figure out what the situation is. Yeah. And I was scheming on. like, oh my God, I think the kid is going to do this. Right. And then it started to border on like, wait a minute, like that's, but I literally, the tone and the setup was this kind of like he was going to get extorted or there's the yeah like it feels like there's a more of a plot or... than there actually is like there's like i mean it's it's actually very straightforward what's happening in terms of like why it's the kid is sophie's there. choice and dangerous uh, uh dangerous uh, or uh uh what's a fatal attraction yeah <laughs> yes it's a <laughs> fatal choice fatal choice <laughs> um, oh yeah they but, should just name it fatal choice. yeah fatal choice makes sense yeah it's, it's good <laughs> Yeah, no, it's because it really because the movie uh, sort of I think you're right, Eric. It's like the movie sort of strings you along by um, making you think it's a kind of a thriller when actually it's more just metaphorical. That's you know? right. Yeah. And it was all the metaphors that eventually come together at the end. But you're mm -hmm. literally I, I perceived it as a different film. And that's what really blew me away. Yeah. The way he was narrating that story, the way he was building it up, and yeah. I yeah. to me that was what blew me away about this film initially. Oh, I think it's, and I, when I said that I like it, I like I like it less than I like the lobster, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. Like I liked it a lot, and I think that the only thing that uh, the only thing that doesn't work for me as well as the lobster is that in the lobster I really empathize with everybody in the lobster, and in Killing His Sacred Deer, kind of the idea is that the whole tone of the thing is like everyone's just really being careful to not experience anything meaningful and like they're like everything is just sort of like everybody is sort of covering up their emotions all the time and uh unless you grew up in a <laughs> you grew up in like that you, you know you're, you're yeah exactly I, right. I was i was like yeah i've seen this i've before. seen this yeah exactly and so like it was for me it was a little bit it's just like, it's a little bit too alienating for me to emotionally get in on board but I talk, but I don't think it's that's I don't think this is a flaw with the movie. I think it just doesn't it isn't aimed at me as much as it hits for other people. This is one of those things. Like it's extremely well made. It's an extremely well made movie. Well, both both films 
involve a specific kind of directing and acting style, mm-hmm. right? Like and the both characters films have Colin Farrell. We have to point out. Yeah, they all. But yes, they do. But the way that everyone acts in it mm-hmm. is very. They they talk very quickly, mm-hmm. and they say very, like you said, with no emotion. Almost right. everything is said with as little emotion as possible. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. But it almost feels like like a bad play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think you know, and that's not right. that's not to right. say that it's bad. It just right. feels that's like a bad play. It's very is extremely awkward. Like yes, yeah. And what's weird is that when they do the the plays in the lobster, that mm-hmm. takes that and makes it even more awkward. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like the lobster is such a like lobster is the kind of movie that I friends of mine felt like like specifically like I cannot watch this kind of movie. It's like it's beyond like cringeworthy. It's like it's just like a shame slide, <laughs> like the whole thing. You're just like, please, please, God, no more. <laughs> the absurdity uh, of it reminded me. Like, it just reminded me of movies like there was a little bit of Woody Allen bananas when all the people are laid down on the ground. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and it just it reminded me a lot of those type of movies. But it also angered the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, the Lobster. Yeah. I find extremely um, annoying oh, because nice. just just because the people all it's just like being controlled that way. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like in those choices they have, I hated that. It's like, mm-hmm. come on. You know, right. it, it just was like, and the way they were singing to in that ballroom <laughs> was so genius. But it's it was like, it was like Brazil. The movie yeah, Brazil. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like something like Brazil with everything has been brought down to something very proper. You know, it's like they don't, there's like in very Brazil. Strange. Like Brazil feels like Terry Gilliam films feel like, you know, it's a fucking dude in a costume wearing pots and pans and ringing a bell and running off a cliff. Like that's what he always does. Right. Like this has (laughs) all of the same kind of stuff. It's just as ludicrous. Only they're shooting it like it's a Merchant Ivory film. Yeah. You know. (laughs) And yet it's it feels almost a little bit like a sci-fi film. Mm -hmm. A little almost. Handmaid's Tale because it's recognizable, it. yeah. but their actions are not recognizable. Yeah, it doesn't make it. It, it feels like a movie made by an AI. You know, it's like this very. Uh, like, All right, it's, we it's should we should explain the press because those of you people who haven't seen it are going to go. It's going to it's get ready for a very strange description. It's basically this. <laughs> the opening shot is a woman who gets out of a car and shoots a donkey and kills it. Yes. Him. Okay. Number one. Well, already right. loving the film. I yeah. hated that part. It's so. Yeah. It's just I hate cruelty to animals, dude. Honestly. Well, I think that I don't think the movie is celebrating cruelty to animals. I, think I know, it but just seeing that, <laughs> right? I, it's upsetting. But, but if you see an animal getting taken down like that, mm-hmm. you're still seeing that, and That's it's true. still something that you know the imagery almost makes it acceptable in a way. I don't know because she seemed like she was trying to just give herself some sort of relief out of frustration and that physical act of killing another creature like that so that bothered me right off because i hate guns and i and i love animals so already i started off i've seen it before but this time i actually paid attention Mm -hmm. whereas some movies i watch i'm like in and out like a twilight zone yeah but just their 
how people just were like sheep just yes. pissed me off right. pissed me off so much now no I, my question is i i do you feel the movie is doing that on purpose and making you feel that way on purpose oh yeah it, yeah no it's the same trickery he does when i watched sacred deer which i love sacred yeah. deer right. and i've seen that many times that's probably my fourth time right and i love that it's the trickery and i love it yeah but that's the way he but you find it. it but in lobster you find it tremendously unpleasant to the point that it kind of hurts the movie for you and uh killing a sacred deal a deer is like it's more in your zone so it, you know, like it connects better is that is that correct the sacred deer has more i under i'll, I'll explain and uh, i don't want to take up the show like hogging here i just for for me the difference between the two at least for me was that um within the sacred deer that um the messaging um about humanity like for me the best scene there are a lot of great scenes is when he goes to the principal in the killing of the sacred deer and says mm -hmm. which child was a better student and all that and that just shows how ridiculous you you know people oh, yeah. are yeah and and just the the stupidity of humanity sometimes and those choices but i understand they were forced in that no. whereas i felt being allowed to be herded like sheep the way they were and totally any kind of meaning or any kind of things of expression were just, you know, oh, they're just gone. Like, every, yeah. like, like these and, and it's silly really shit. Dead. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, I could shoot an animal, but right. I can't masturbate. Right. So these All right. Let's, let's, let's actually tell people what they're talking about. No, so the, yeah, this, this is, is the podcast. Once a month, we do <laughs> a podcast and you have to everybody. guess at the end of the podcast, right. what the what movie is. Talking. And the answer yeah, for last week, by the way, was the greatest game. But uh, <laughs> for bringing that up, I almost forgot that. But yes, and JC, hi. Um, just to let you know, it is not Willy Wonka we're talking about. Okay, that's yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Oh, that like I actually endorse this. I think we should do a podcast where we do not mention the name of any of the actors or the film and make yes. the plot as confusing as possible. So that really handsome gentleman with the dark hair, <laughs> and when he plunges the knife into that woman's back, now that was a surprise. That was so great. Perhaps you've seen it. Uh, join us again Maybe next week. Maybe you haven't the seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so the plot of the lobster is, in a it, nutshell, in a nut, right? in a nutshell, it you have a responsibility in in the society in which this film is made. Your responsibility is to be in a relationship. If you are not in a relationship with by a certain amount of time, I guess mm -hmm. it's called living in Russia. You in <laughs> you uh, you are sent to stay in this creepy hotel. In this creepy hotel, you have you're given a last chance to get into a relationship. Uh, if you do not uh, get into a relationship, and you have to prove that you really are, you can't just say, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm just." Yeah, uh, you you uh, by a certain amount of time, uh, you are turned into an animal, and then you can go and live in the woods or whatever. Right. Yep. And so you have to pick the animal that you want to be, right. and so Colin Farrell is sent to this place. He goes there with his dog, who oh, we find out used to be his brother, mm -hmm. uh, and then he is uh, staying at this creepy hotel where there's a bunch of creepy weird people who are single and some of them are single for obvious reasons <laughs> john, c. Riley, have, for john c Riley, john c Riley, yeah great who, cast and you're oh yes you're you're not allowed to masturbate if you masturbate you put they put your hand in a toaster <laughs> yes 
<laughs> which to me is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Watching John C. Riley have to sit there with his hands in a in a functioning toaster no, because he jerked off genius. is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like the tone of the movie is extremely serious and lavishly uh sharp. Yeah, it's just like it's it's utter it's like if Stanley Kubrick directed a Saturday Night Live skit. Or Stanley—that <laughs> is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick directed Sleeper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it's uh, like the the plot is utterly ridiculous, uh, but the approach is absolutely serious, which makes it more ridiculous. Yes. And uh, and so you have Colin Farrell uh, playing in his most like sh- schlubby. Uh, what a genius actor! Mode. Yeah, he has one of the best. He's absolutely terrific. And, He's very good. And uh, and yeah, he is uh, like he like he is a very withdrawn, very shame filled, very scared, unmotivated, uh, banal architect. architect. <laughs> and uh, and so he's desperate to try to make a connection, but only so that you know, like he'll live, like not because he's in, wants to be in love with anybody or anything like this, right? And uh, and uh, and it's a like the first part of the movie is just him. You know, trying to follow through with this and meet anybody else that you know is you have to have something in common with that person, right? right? And And so, but true to true to case, sometimes you have to. A guy would break his nose so he bleeds because a woman he likes has nosebleeds, right? Right. Right. So, so yeah, he fakes his nosebleeds by smacking his face on the on the table, so that he would have something. I thought it was commentary on socialism, actually. It's interesting. Sure, you can say that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that it's certainly like it's I mean it's a very like it is a very bleak version of uh you know just the dating scene and how people try to communicate in today's society. Right. You know, it's just sort of like it's like it's so awkward and shameful and and socially required that you do all these things that you end up with people that you're you know that you're basically just you know uh compromising your life to be around. Just yep. so it appears normal, and uh, it's it's so it's so fucking bleak that if it weren't also hysterical, it would be unwatchable. You know, it's also f- funny to me is that that premise on its own is complicated and weird, but he keeps adding more and more, like like every five minutes, something more complicated and more disturbing and weird mm-hmm. or absurd keeps showing up. Right. You know, right. like oh, okay. So now that we have established this strange relationship of people trying to kind into a relationship, now we're going to talk to you about people who've escaped right. and everyone here in this hotel gets to go out and hunt them down with tranquilizer guns. Yeah. <laughs> to bring Same. them back. And for everyone they bring back, they get an extra day yeah. uh, of, of it's like Mad Max kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like what the going fuck? On. Yep. And, so and then you learn these, about uh, the entire living so- in the woods with animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you learn about the entire society of people that live in the woods. And they, of course, go the other extreme where you absolutely cannot be in a relationship with anyone. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> and I know people, I know people in real life who have, have reached that state of mind where they're just like marriages of sham, and I never want to be with anybody and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you're living in the woods with the peacocks now. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but I do, I, Erica, you bring up something interesting there because uh, I, I'm assuming like we know that uh, Lanthimos is 
Greek, and yes. Greece has its own political problems with. Uh, That's right. You know, it was a commentary on socialism, the futile stupidity of of it, mm -hmm. because you like you know in order because anybody's going to cheat the system, Allah break their nose so they look at the similarity but there's sure, something interesting, insincere right. about it and at the very end we don't know if he blinds himself in order to be with rachel it, it leaves it yeah exactly leaves, it leaves on that it note, right, open right, right. that you know he's willing to do that for purity realness that right. he doesn't get in that environment or the world right that's interesting that's interesting yeah no i'm a i uh i uh, socialist democratic leanings myself, but yeah, I think that like, like I am uh, a proud independent where yeah. I, I pretty much criticize both sides because I think the Republicans yeah. are dumbasses. Yeah, but I just there's got to yeah. be some sort of dialogue between everybody and also admit, you know, I said tomorrow night, I said this last night to my wife, and um, that and another guy with us named Thor, uh, yeah. who watched the movie was he's got a huge hammer. And, oh but, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he just this guy smells like beef jerky. But anyway, we watched it, and I said tomorrow night, you know, watch there be a fight because I'm. I literally was like, God, I didn't. I thought after the second viewing that it's like this is a commentary on socialism. It's just. I think it's a brilliant observation. I think you're right. There's definitely because it angered commentary. me. I was like, why? You know, have to s subject yourself to the strange absurdity of the singing. Something's got a hold of. Like there was, right. it was just hilarious. That was Brazil. Right. And then all of a sudden, the kind of when he at the end is that kind of darkness at the end is pretty much what like um, uh, the, the sacred deer is. Right. And um, but they still he tricks you and he plays games with you. Right. as a viewer and that's what i love about him but yeah there were some things in there like you can't do this or you can't do that right and and which is more, that's more, that's a little more it's more, more communism than socialism i think that's a little more like, yeah communism yeah, yeah it's communism well, well, yes well let's 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 uh hold on let's make sure and understand that in this country we don't know the difference between communism and yeah. socialism and right. it's very different <laughs> uh, yeah like i i think that uh, that that like the critique lens for me like i, de I definitely hear it. i think like it it's very clear as communism which is pretty failed as a concept globally <laughs> like in almost every way communism so yeah yes like, but yeah. that was and uh, i we could do this and i could say all right i meant communism but Oh yeah, yes. no. I'm just pointing it just to say for the say for the to live in. It's like living in Russia. The right. stupidity of it. Oh, you can't do this, right. and but people still cheat the system, game the system, and yeah, they're well, on I mean, a yacht. Look at because if you look at uh, like how Russia runs today, it's you know it's a it's an oligarchical criminal organization because com the co communism turns into some broken form of capitalism when it gets big. Like that's how it. Like that's you mean happened. like China? That's what happened to China. <laughs> And so they like, like trying so to you, turn into you're like saying, I don't want to get us banned. But you're saying that's a broken form. I'm going to say that that is causing some social uh, control issues for them, and, uh, and they're working to try to change it. You know, like I'm not. They're I don't an have extraordinary negative, I, I, I don't have anything them. negative to say about and China. Yeah, you know, I, they're or, or extraordinary company, the country, people. but extraordinary but, like, people that's a and busted system man it doesn't work very well and yeah. um and it's because they and it's certainly the even if they feel that it's working great it's certainly not working the way that they originally advertised communism was supposed to work <laughs> like it, well yeah. also it's, it's everyone who's making any money in china right now 
is buying real estate in the United States or right. Canada or Australia right. in order to hide their money. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the, this is the like I think the communism was like it had the best intentions, and uh, and it really goes. It seems it seems to go one of two ways. Either you go the direction of Russia and China, where it's like uh, this group, you know, whatever the party is, like ends up controlling everything. They are a bunch of hyper capitalist thugs. And it breaks down into criminal organizations or, you know, like all legitimate government, but all favoring the party like China. And uh, or you get Cuba, which is like nobody will deal with you at all. Like you just can't. So you just get stuck in the 50s. So like it's not really an operation. Or Venezuela. Kind of, or Venezuela. It's like these are these are just not very operational forms of government. And like I am a very, like I said before, like I am a very progressive left leaning liberal Democrat with socialist intent. Like that's where I, that, so I get like the the feeling of it, but democracy uh, is pretty hard to beat. <laughs> like democracy works really well. And I'm like my, uh, uh, my uh, uh, youngest daughter is uh, very politically active and she's, she wants to get into politics. And we talk about this all the time where it's like the amazingness of the way America is built. And the frustrating thing is that it's so goddamn slow to change anything that as angry and as whipped up as you can be about whatever you're mad about still everyone it goes on so long that you everyone just gets like frustrated and and, ugh, and then they finally have to change things anyway but slowly you know instead of like flipping out and burning the country down like it's really hard to do that and uh and so uh it's a boring but stable place and i prefer that because i'm old <laughs> all right well i don't know how we got on this tangent because it, because of the lobster which is an interesting uh, which very is a good note. No. i do want to say that i do agree that there's definitely there's a, you're absolutely right eric when you watch this film this obviously has strong political and social social mm -hmm. commentary uh but what i do like about it is that it's not it's not the same way that don't look up has that you know right. what i mean this yeah, is yeah, a, like right. This is this is like UNESCO has a social commentary or a political commentary, yeah. right? Or, right? Or 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 Beckett, Samuel Beckett, right? right? So like very absurd and very interesting. Uh and I don't know, there's yeah. It is well, filled. Like what you're saying is like it's the kind of uh, the kind of critique it's making applies to a lot of different things. Like, yeah. whereas, whereas like, don't look up, which I actually enjoyed don't look up quite a bit. Like don't look up can only be about what it is talking about and that's it. So it will eventually not be relevant. Like it's impossible for it to last. Is it don't look up or is it look up? Don't look up. Or just and look like, up. Yeah. Don't look up. And okay. like, I, I think it's, I think it's actually great. I, I had a great time with it. And I think it is, there's some very poignant parts of that movie. It's worth talking about, but um, it's only for now. Like it's only of the moment. Whereas like something like the lobster is like, depending upon what you apply it to, yes. it will just last forever. You know, it doesn't yes. have to be read in any one particular way. It, it will still work for you. Well, it's, it's, well, first of all, okay. It's society or government or is, is forcing you to make choices about your personal life. Right. 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 So you're absolutely right, Eric. That is, that is exactly about like, no, I don't have the choice about the relationship. Government is going to tell me what I can do in terms right. of my, who I fall in love with. And the fact that they have to find a legitimate way of doing it is interesting mm -hmm. and disturbing because what's interesting is uh, obviously you mentioned the guy, the guy who has uh, uh, who 
keep smacking his nose. He would get a nosebleed. So he would have something in common with another girl who also gets nosebleeds. And that is how they justify that they are a couple because they both get nosebleeds and that's how they fell in love. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. Right? right. And then, then, but he... it's not weird because it's survival and yes, both no, movies are about survival, much right. like Nicole Kidman gives a hand job to his, her husband's um, right. co-employ, um, a co-worker because she needs information, survival and the protection of her family. Well, right. and, and specifically, it's about how the what you will do for survival is the opposite of what you say you. That's right, believe. and the same with with that. He's right. going to blind himself and run through the forest, and um, the well, week... what what was strange is that like he basically is looking at the single women, right, and he's saying, "I have to find something that one of these women has as a trait and mimic that trait." so that I can or pretend I have that trait. And the person he picks is a psychopath. Oh, yeah. By, by, yeah. by actual like definition. A, a literal psychopath. Which literal psychopath. psychopath. Narcissistic she's, sociopath. <laughs> yes. She, she has zero empathy of pain or whatever, mm. right? Which guy? And, the woman huh? that he ends up the, trying to date. Oh, right. yeah. Yep. Right. So was, yeah, she was crazy. So basically, she likes to kill things and 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 do things first of in all that nature. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, so he sits next to her in the hot tub yeah and he offers her a martini and then she pretends to, to choke, choke on the olive on the olive and it looks like she's really choking and dying mm -hmm. and he kind of figures it out and pretends to do nothing to save her at all right and it turns out to be a test on her part right to see if he actually is has no heart or yeah. empathy at all we are heartless together is the yeah. idea the only way That's i can survival, be with you is, is the, exactly right. agree. yeah absolutely yeah like because like the none of it has to do with falling in love with anybody like you just have social pressure to be partnered up with someone otherwise you're invalid right and right. then the people that are ostracized by this process uh, just reverse the theme by saying, like, if you are partnered up with somebody, then then you are invalid, and it's people trying to invalidate each other all over the place. Like that's pretty, and so like the the structure of what the hotel demands is like here are ludicrous demands that you must face in order to be uh, treated as a member of society, and uh, and you'll do anything to be a part of that, so you don't live in the woods, mm -hmm. and so like for all of your morals and all the things you say about what you believe and whatever that is and love and blah, blah, blah. You will throw it out the window to fucking not live in the woods. And that's right. it. Now, the friend, like, just to sort of uh, sum up some of the stuff we've been saying is like, this is not something I actually agree with. Like, I don't agree with Anthemus on his point of view of humanity almost at all. That Who's said, my, like, my point of view and his point of view on humanity are vastly different. Sure. And that that, however, doesn't keep me from loving the movie. <laughs> like, like right. I'm glad that I disagree with this movie. It makes it even more fun to think about. Like that's, I think this is really good. And uh, and so, like politically, however you read the movie, like it may upset you, but that's what I'm in this stuff for. Like the, he's coming at he's in like in both these movies in one way or another, he is running up as fast as he can punching you in the face 
and then laughing and expecting you to laugh. <laughs> like, and I really admire that. Like that that's that's good filmmaking for me. Yes. Yeah. And that's a freshness that we don't have around a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, um I was thinking also when I was watching it again that how refreshing it must have been to write a screenplay and he did with his partner where you didn't really have to worry about you know sometimes i've written a bunch of screenplays man and it's you're always for the most of it it's like you know how do you sell this or what's acceptable and you know it just you can't help but do it because it's work and you want a release or a compromise but how refreshing it must have been to write these scripts and know that it's just pure his imagination just and go and do it man yeah exactly like this is just mm -hmm. him just this like man just he probably had such a great time writing this knowing it's like fuck it this is what yeah. i want to do particularly sacred deer it's like i want to make right. this heavy film about this and right. it's like and no one's saying because he's a genius it's like no one's saying well hold on a second we yeah, want to no do a tie-in with nordstrom can't we have right. a boy work at nordstrom <laughs> i would like yeah. to Let's work in Nordstrom in the amazing. sweater department. My wife just got me a sweater and I love it. It's kind of how are we going to turn the lobster into a franchise? Oh, I'm so thinking good. franchise here, folks. <laughs> lobster merch. Call me crazy. You know, I know Danny. Hi, Danny, you're on the phone. You back me up on this. Can he work at Nordstrom? Do you think we can get Nordstrom rights on this? I was like, uh, I didn't say he should work at Nordstrom. <laughs> I thought you just said that. I stand corrected. No, no, it's understandable. The, the like this, I would love to see the lobster merge. I know the lobster lobster actually had some of my favorite movie poster design in quite some oh, time. Oh, it's gorgeous. I, yeah. I researched it tonight and I bookmarked it because that's totally it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Like these these shots of characters like holding other characters, but the other character is just missing. Missing. That's just cut out. You should <laughs> it's see the deer one though. Oh yeah, there's some great work on that too. There's oh, some really great work on that. These but yeah, like these, these are these the, these movies are like I, it's like there's, there's movies small that, paintings. Yeah, like there's small like, businesses and small paintings. That's always the way I look at it at, at filmmaking today. <laughs> but you don't get you know. Do you think that he's uh, that he is more or less misanthropic than someone like Kubrick? Uh, not as much as Kubrick. Not as much as Kubrick. I go back and forth in Kubrick, depending upon how I interpret his movies. Why do you go back and forth? Um, because I feel like he, his mis, like misanthropy is the tool that he uses to get you to think about what is the right thing to do. Like, mm. you know, like he's like showing the ludicrousness and, and, you know, gaudy horror of a particular situation with the assumption that you are a moral person and this helps you clarify your feeling, you know? Got it. And uh, uh, whereas like I, Lanthimos, I really feel like he's just like, he's he doesn't like, lecture you. Yeah. He just, yeah, exactly. And I think that, he, that, that he just that, lays it out and says, right. this is, and I think that the no lecturing bit is something's gotta hold. It's mm -hmm. so bad, absurd, and pathetic. <laughs> it's, but yet, it's brutal. It's yeah, brutal. it's just like, okay, that's yeah. not preaching to you. That's just saying, right. come on. It's dude, just here really? it is. You believe yeah, this is. crap? Right. And Do like, you believe the, this shit? Because you, like, as one of the rules of the hotel, as we have indicated before, is that you can't masturbate. Like, that's absolutely against the rules. But yet, a woman comes with a great behind and rubs against you. 
Yeah, exactly. We're going to make out. it very, very difficult for you. Um, and and but, then she leaves. And you're like, he's yeah. like, what? Yeah. I'm so What's upset. That? It's like, right. yeah, of course you're upset. <laughs> and so John C. Wiley gets caught and he is called out. Not just, they don't just come to his like apartment or a hotel room. Like they interrupt him in the middle of brunch. <laughs> like, yes. And everybody's looking at him like, oh, you're the guy that jerked off, huh? And and like they roll out the toaster on a fucking little tray, and they put it in. He's like, no, no, so I, I was just. Uh, he's trying to explain himself, <laughs> like like rattle. I had an itch. And like they finally jam his hands in the toaster and they turn it on. He's screaming, and nobody else is doing anything. Nope. Like no, everyone's just like, well, that's a property. You shouldn't have jerked off then. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you're the ones who are making this possible. Like you're the you're in action and you're pretending like all this is <laughs> normal and fine is what is causing this like ridiculous, painful, shameful event. And it's it's not the hotel. It's everybody in the dining room agreeing to say nothing. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's that herd it, mentality. Yeah. It's really, really. So in brilliant. a way, this individuality that this woman had in the beginning that mm -hmm. an individual on their own is violent. I'm going to shoot a donkey. Right. And an individual on his own is going to stab his eye out. No, right. I but, thought she shot the donkey because it, she found out that her husband cheated on him or her. Yeah, that or was the husband, right? Yeah. Right. So kid, she goes and kills the donkey because the like, donkey that represented was the husband, someone. But I know that donkey was the husband. But the point is the fact that all the violence that you see, the aggressiveness they do alone. Like it books, it's bookmarked with this individual violence without people who are against the herd, right? Right. So right. this is a person who is not part of that. Facility. That's how you maintain the herd, though, right? It's like you, like you, you do something spectacular, frightens all the rest of the herd, and then the herd becomes the tool that you use to control everybody all the time. That's how it That's works. That's right. right. Yeah. And the so best like part of that, though, and I don't know if he planned it. I thought it was after she shot the donkey, the poor thing. Another donkey just kind of like boop, 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 comes by and smells it as she gets back into the car. <laughs> and it's just like, is that not, as you watch the movie later, just like everybody in that dance hall? Yeah. Like, boop, 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 yep. you know? Right. Oh, yeah. She fell from a window. Boop, boop, boop. Time to oh, so gone. we have to talk who that woman fell from a window. She was, she's a really good actress, by yep. the way. She is. Uh, she was also in the show Extras. You remember Extras? <laughs> of course. Daryl Hannah. Show. And I think uh, it's her best role. No, she was, uh, I forgot what was her, uh, an extras was basically, um, what's his name? In guy and extras. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais is like buddy. And she's mm -hmm. a really dumb person. But anyway, she decided, but she jumps from the first floor window and severely injures Breaks her legs. <laughs> Breaks her legs and is basically sprawled out on the concrete oh, yelling in agony <laughs> and no one You're is good. doing anything as she's just slowly screaming in pain but not her body not moving because she's completely you know probably smashed her spine and all right. kinds of yeah yeah yeah, it's horrible. That's the movie in a nutshell. If that sounds super funny to you, then definitely watch this. <laughs> yeah. The other thing the the hilarious one I also thought is when they're doing these quote unquote little plays mm -hmm. that illustrate why you have to be in a relationship. Right. And so they'll have this play as two people like played by like That's the maid and the sale. butler. Right. You know? And it was like, okay, man eating alone. 
and then this guy's eating something and starts choking and then he dies because no one's there with no one's there yeah exactly and he goes man eating uh, or man uh uh eating uh with wife or something like that or what did i say and then she he eats <coughs> and then she get, comes over and gives him the highlight high move and he survives yay <laughs> and then so that is like woman walking alone and she just literally just gets raped right off the bat and she's like some guys behind her just pounding her from behind and, and she's going help 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 yeah, help so help awful. in such an awkward bizarre way yeah. Yeah. and it's like okay a woman walking with man and then the guy doesn't rape her you know like yeah. oh, there you go. oh so, there, so fucking yeah. hilarious yeah, yeah. it's so it's so, so grim absurd. and so bitter but it is extremely funny and uh and, oh. it's, and like i would say it's not for everybody not everyone's gonna get a kick out of that movie but i i really 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 like this like it's such a it's such a blunt movie about what it's saying and what it believes and it doesn't care right. if you really believe it it's just like well you can leave <laughs> like <who cares>? yeah <laughs> but i mean the thing is when i saw this movie i thought the whole thing was going to take place in the hotel and mm -hmm. it doesn't mm -hmm. it kind no, of goes off yeah, into goes crazy off city, town yeah. Right. It goes off crazy town yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and and I feel like that what's really responsible about the movie is like it could have played like the people in the woods as the good guys who are right. Like they're the rebels, right? Yeah, now. no, no. They're, they're not just as fucking bad. <laughs> like they're just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> and like once you get Rachel Weiss involved and like and just you know, like everything, you're just like it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare you can't escape. Like Why the, was the guy the guy did something to his lips, like the red lips? What was that all? Oh about? yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot. Yeah, hang on. I forgot what Remember. that was about. He yeah, there was some some they have their own cruel punishment that they yeah. do to people for for doing certain things, whatever it is. Yeah, it's the Chris, what did you think? You you texted us about the sacred deer. Yeah, well, I'll explain a little bit when we right. get to that one. But but they're 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 they have absurd punishment. There you're like, I was masturbating, like you say it proudly, so that you don't get in trouble. Like, <laughs> right, right. It was like yeah. really, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so just... fucking good, dude. But yeah, like when when you're in the woods and you see all these very strange, out of place animals, like that's what it just the they're just kind of randomly walking around. Yeah, yeah. peacock, whatever it is. Like it's yeah. just some like, some kind of camel walks by. Yeah. <laughs> just as imagery it's beautiful like it's just like what the fuck is going on like it's just it's really satisfying to see these, these weird layered images and like the explanation is very simple and very funny but the beauty is actually like it's it's it really does look like a painting like some of it looks like like these very strange uh ex you know like sort of experimental work of art kinds of uh uh, pieces and you're just like right. you don't even almost don't need this movie to say anything like it's just a great looking gentle strange movie that has very provocative very nasty things in it right um and then in between it's very it's felt it's sort of like a very well lit hotel and you're just like oh it's in ireland i looked it up oh yeah 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 well, what was the thing that he says? Why do you want to be a lobster? He says, because lobsters can live over a hundred years and they reproduce all their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love like Lanthimos. I really wish that uh, he would direct a uh, Philip K. Dick book because like when I read Philip K. Dick, it feels much like the lobster. And like, I mm -hmm. think that for me, it's like, you know, I've said before, like I'm not uh, the biggest, the world's biggest Gilliam fan. He's made a couple of, he's made a couple of good movies that I like a lot. 
Um, uh, but he is so. Did like, you like Brazil? I do like Brazil. I think that's pro- probably his best movie, like that, and um, Holy Grail are his best movies. And like, what about uh, the Fisher King? I like the Fisher King also. Like, I, I think he's really he's very he's very very good. Like, I really like. I, that, you know, it's interesting. The Fisher King has come up many many times in the last couple of years to me, and I haven't thought about that movie in a hmm. long time. I'm really wondering if it. If it holds, holds up, up or yeah. yeah. I like to check it out. I mean, I certainly love Williams and I love uh, Bridges and it's got a great love. Uh, Jeff and uh, what's the, uh, what's the, who's oh, the actor's Robin name? Williams. Yep. And, and uh, Mercedes rule, Mercedes rule. That's what I was going to Mercedes rule. Yeah. And then who is the, who, uh, the, 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 the other woman. I was <sighs> trying to like this. And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Really crazy and erotic. She, she oh, was, oh, she wait, was in, wasn't she? She was in uh, Pulp, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Right. Get on, on the on the ground, all you motherfuckers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's forgot, just forgot the actor's name, but she's great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll execute every last motherfucking one of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I li- I really like him. I just tell like he has lots of good stuff. Twelve Monkeys, whatever. Um, but he has no, he has no self control. And yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, no, I know he's you an have an animator. Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, I, when I look at Lan- Lanthimos, I'm like. Maybe maybe it's too much, but this dude is definitely in control of his imagery. Like you know, he's he's putting this ag- together in exactly. That's the way why that. he couldn't do a big Hollywood movie because oh, yeah. he, he'll lose control of it. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. Have well, you, have, I don't think he wants to do a big Hollywood. No, movie. I don't think he well, does. Yeah, I like, can't well, speak like, for him. I'm just saying. You were talking earlier. You know, oh, I'd love to see him do this, and I was like, sure. man, I can't. Well, I mean, like, yeah, if you did a movie like um, like. Philip K. Dick wrote a billion books, right? And, you know, Blade Runner is one of the most famous, like, Dranders or Grim Electric Sheep. Like, um, his sci-fi stuff is most known, but even, like, he mostly writes sci-fi, but it, mostly it's sci-fi at the level and the sort of level of surreality of the lobster. Almost all of his Did he also like, write HUD, the screenplay? Yes, I believe it was Larry McMurtry and um, and uh, Philip K. Dick. I know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was That's originally titled right there, huh? Robots of the West. Yeah, <laughs> lonesome. Bots. They fought. Oh, God, they fight. <laughs> exactly. And finally, it took it took Newman to come in and just say, "Hey, Hell is, I love you know, robots, but not here. here. Yeah, exactly. Not, here. not like not like this. Not like this. not like this, guys. Yeah. Sorry. But the uh, but yeah, like I think that there's that like I really admire like this dude's like control like his 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 sense of realism is what pins everything down, and like his execution is so meticulous and so flawless. That uh, he it gets it. He he's allowed to do utterly insane things because yeah. he's built the world so well, and I think that and that's true for both movies. You know, it's just like like he is. I don't know how we, what he's like to work with as a as a person, but as an artist, like he's one of the most like disciplined people in movies today. Really, uh, McMonkey Man wants to uh, note that the actress we were talking about from Pulp Fiction and Fisher King is Amanda Plummer, who is Amanda the daughter Plummer. of Christopher Plummer. Oh, we didn't know that. Interesting. That's right. Christopher That's Plummer, awesome. who like Christopher Plummer, who I think is not a good actor at all until he's 70 years old. And then he suddenly he's becomes one of my favorite brilliant. actors. <laughs> like I'm just like, the fuck happened? Just woke up in his brain. Yeah. Sound <laughs> I've been of doing music this for a long time. Yeah, Sound exactly. of music not as good as uh Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it is, man. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I I, I definitely I love the lobster. Um, I'm more. I'm most interested in hearing Eric talk about uh, killing of a sacred deer. However, yeah. why? 
Well, uh, hold on. Let's I want to I want to I want to finish a couple things on the lobster before we sure. move on, but I do want to talk about sacred deer mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. But there's a couple other things that that are happening that were also a strange commentary, like the police that go in the mall and check up on people and yeah, see if welcome their, to I, masks. They made this before masks mandates. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, checking on lots, people. Lots of weird stuff going on. Like, yeah, there's there's loads of loads of weird little notes. I feel like if he did take on a bigger movie or did like a you know a very straightforwardly science fiction movie, I bet you would end up with like I would like. Can you imagine if he did? Uh, I mean, this might be too bleak to even think of what we'd do with it. But like, if he did 1984 uh, and adapted yep. that, like he would really, really that would be knock genius. it out of the park. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's, that's the right. by the way. I saw a really interesting picture of a bunch of people uh, wearing masks, and then someone held a sign saying "Wear a mask or go to jail," and that was from uh, nineteen eighteen. <laughs> yeah, no, we went through the same thing before for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it'd be in nineteen eighty four. Would be an interesting one. So we never uh, really change. We well, never really change. <laughs> no. Well, we never actually. We 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 are allergic to history. If we mm. keep learning our history, we would know. We would have something to re reference to. But if we don't learn from our history, then we're doomed to repeat it. That is why I'm a history buff. But it doesn't matter because somebody like myself, uh, no one listens to. Well, well, it always reminds me of that's why a... I'm putting you on a podcast, man. Yeah, but do you remember that one time where I was warning you guys about something? And yes, I, I wouldn't believe me. Yeah, no, I remember it very, very You were warning very us true. about this virus that came from China and yep. you were wearing masks at the time. Jan like, end yep. of January, first week of February. And lo and behold, yes, you, you were Sybil the Soothsayer for that one, my friend. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. I just yeah, we, I think that's it's on the podcast. because, and I think about this, why I'm so cynical. I think maybe obviously you know, the environment I grew up in where the entitlement and stupidity are just so large that, right. but yet they have enormous homes and, and opportunity and uh, privilege, but yet they control things. It's just like, that's, and it's not like rebellious. I'm going to march in the streets, but it's just like, when I saw Brazil, I was like, man, just, the stupidity of people like this is the kind of arrogant idiots that surround a lot of us, but you can't do anything yeah, like, about it except right. just be malleable and understand. And that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can change, but when I see movies like the lobster, it does frustrate me because it's like, I, it's condensed. Like it's, it's a condensed version of everything that you despise. I, I do want to note one thing, just just in in my defense, slightly, Eric, is that you were coming off about this crazy virus coming from China and wearing masks and all this other stuff, and that the, but the, you were also the person that freaked out and went to the doctor saying that you have lip cancer. No, uh, because you, in I fact, am a you burned yourself on a, <laughs> on, a, on a cigar. Well, well, well these one things... is a, but the thing is. What I feel, I think there's totally two different things because one is a hypochondriac and something happens to me, but what was going on around us is, and they weren't, they were, the stupidity of people wasn't even accepting a dialogue about it. Like, you right. know, it wasn't until May where people like, oh, this is a virus. It's like, why can't somebody just say, is it a virus? 
But, you know, I remember talking to my family back east. I was in L.A. at the time. And they're like, it's a common flu. What's the matter with you? I was like, okay, how about you step out of the box and just say, what if it is a virus? What do we have to do to protect ourselves because you're older? But this shutting me down, like, it's not a, you're a fool. It's not a virus. Right. It's like, okay, well, well there you go. And the flu is a virus. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, no, it's the common da- flu is what the, right. the point right. was, not right. what I was saying. Well, that it, yeah, well, yes, it was it, engineered. The point, let me just get to this. The point I'm saying is, is that what frustrated me about the lobster was the inability just to be like, what? We can't have sex? Like, really? I've got to do these stupid rituals? Like, right. a maid? It's just so dumb. And, and it, nobody in every can way, just say, stop. Have. Can't we just step back and say how stupid this is? Yep. And but they don't. Well, and the movie specifically like does not have any character that is able to fully step out of this world and see how dumb it is. Like they they all recognize how painful it is, but because they're all terrified one way or the other, like or or to, or so angry, they don't recognize that the the concept itself is idiotic. Like they are, they are acting in idiotic ways. And even when they rebel against it, they're reinforcing it. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the, like, this is something that I like, per, like I personally get very frustrated with. And I'll speak very generally here is like, there's a, like, the, like when you rebel when you, like when something is very bad and you want to change it, like almost 70% of revolutions end up replacing what they hate with an example of what they hate. Well, just <laughs> like bananas, look, right? Yeah. Yes, but that's what happened after the 1918 revolution. Stalin killed Trotsky, yes. right? He, yes. right? he started killing madness. the people that helped him get there. Yes. It's the same madness Hello? over and over and over again. So it is your responsibility if you're trying to change things to remember that you quickly slip into being the villain. And that's what happens in the movie. Like, that's what happens in the lobsters. Like, the people in the woods are just as batshit crazy as the people in the hotel. That's right. Like, there's no revolution to be had here. But it's the people in the hotel that made them people in the woods. Yes. And it's the people in the woods that serve the people in the hotel as a a terrifying image that keeps everyone in the hotel in line. So they're all part of it. Like, like, like you, you, it's like the same you know, thing on Facebook. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like for whatever you want to, whether it's politics or whatever it is, like the people that you are screaming at, you are, it's an echo forcing, you are reinforcing their beliefs about you and you're creating the problem you're complaining about. Yep. <laughs> like this is what happens. And so I also thought it was interesting that, 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 the, that the women in the woods were all speaking in French, or a lot of them were speaking in French. <laughs> it's just a great gag. It's just, just like it's just a great gag. Yeah, like yeah, there's, there's just loads of that. And he, like he's and he's a genius at doing this stuff. Like he just like throws in things. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna put that in there. I'm not gonna explain it. This is gonna be true, and just let let it be um, funny. So, so to me, I don't know. I, it may not make sense to you guys, but like, listen, I grew up in I grew up in Athens, right? <clears throat> from mm-hmm. from the age of six to seventeen, how old is he? How old is Yorgos? He was born in seventy three. Okay, so he's yeah, my age, forty seven. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he was probably in Greece, uh, 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 around the same time that I was growing up as a teenager in Greece, mm-hmm. right? My guess is he went to Athens College, mm-hmm. which is a school that was right around uh, where I 
what well, not the Athens College was not a college. It was like a high school, actually. They call it college. It's just a different definition or whatever. Right. But I bet he went to that school and uh, that school had a lot of uh, there was a lot of influence on, on French culture there and French people as well. Mm -hmm. So I and then the music that he's playing in mm -hmm. while they're in the woods, it's all it's in Greek as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Beautiful. So, so and so and you'd like so to me there was something about like i can see i i almost like i could understand this person and like the story he's telling me it feels strange to say it but it felt greek to me <laughs> like right. there's something culturally yeah makes right. sense to me about that not as much in the killing of the sacred deer mm -hmm. to be honest like that film was like it's very shocking. It's got a lot of great stuff and we'll get to it, but it's a film that's been done before in some way or shape or no. it's been, no, it has, there's been lots of stories like we'll get, that. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, 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 but the lobster was like, what the fuck? And then somehow, and I don't always agree with it. And I, I did have a hard time watching it even the second or third time that I've seen it, but it's like, but it, there's something about it that like, as I started thinking, it's like, Oh, this guy is greek and now at these people speaking french like i can see that and i can understand all of this that there was a lot of things in there that made a little more sense to me um a little more sense to me so uh so yeah so it was uh it was it was very good uh and i, know, I like these these films although it's hard to watch watching these two back to back <laughs> It's a little yeah, too much, a little too much. It's a one-two you know, punch. Mm -hmm. It's a it's little like too much having, us. <laughs> Yeah. It's like having three servings of escargot. Like at a certain point, that's uh, too much escargot. Sure. <laughs> one and a half at best. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know if I would get through the first cargo. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to uh, Kevin Mack. You remember, you remember Kevin Mack, yeah, Eric, yeah. right? He, I, he's wonderful. How is he doing? Oh, he's hilarious. He's, oh, he's great. He's great. He's now, he's just completely gone into only doing VR art and it cracks me up, man. Just absolutely love him. Uh, but he was he was he used to say he used to like to go to La Dijonais in, in Culver City. Because mm -hmm. I love that place. And they used to serve really good escargot. And I loved escargot so much that one day I went there and decided for lunch I was gonna have three servings of escargot. Wow. <laughs> man, man. And he said that was when I found out there's such a thing as too much escargot. Too much escargot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the number for me on that is one. zero zero yes <laughs> zero I love this cargo too much well it's just a it's just a vehicle to serve you butter and garlic I'll take the butter and garlic in a bowl <laughs> with a big label and that's fine I'll I'll dip anything in that but probably not snails <laughs> waiter yeah. there are snails all over her plate <laughs> don't look don't look don't look don't look don't look <laughs> and take away this old wine we want some new fresh new wine. stuff fresh, 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 <laughs> try to shock me out Yes, Monsieur. Yes, Monsieur. <laughs> Especially when the, the 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 water cooler dispenser has red wine and white wine. Remember that? That's and the they have the crystal glasses. That's the best part of. But we yeah, should, no, we, I should, think... we should cover the jerk at some oh, point. I love the, the jerk. Is a sadly forgotten comic work of art. That Carl is, Reiner. Yes, yeah, as well as triumphant. Dead Man. Don't wear plaid. Yeah, another. I just rewatched that one with Brady recently, and oh, he was cracking movie. up with that one. It, and it has that Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. The coffee scene. 
the coffee scene and the coffee <laughs> scene and people don't know scene. this is one of the greatest comic gags that has yep. ever been filmed it's unbelievable <laughs> and it's the this yep. simple gag is steve martin is going to make a pot of like cowboy coffee it's just going to put the grounds in the pot and boil the water and there it is and stranded up and he takes <laughs> it just like you need a cup of my good coffee he takes the bag of coffee out and he starts going and just sifting it into the pot just to get just the right amount he is fucking sifting that thing into that pot <laughs> Till the bag is empty. <laughs> it takes, takes like 12 forever. minutes. <laughs> it takes so and yeah, and it's a single take, no cut. I keep watching it over and over again. It's like they keep Lost. going, Lost. they keep going, they keep I don't know how 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 he could keep, uh, yeah. keep okay, this a great going comedian so can make like it's the classic that's a great comedian can make comedy out of anything, but I've never seen anyone make a fucking bag of coffee that funny. Like that is just <laughs> unreal. <laughs> He was yeah. also that physical comedy he did in All of Me. Oh yeah, where, God. Where yeah. he was when he gets attacked, it's like the um Oh yeah. It's uh, tip top. He's on the street struggling. Yeah, he's trying to walk stuff. and all shit. The guy was just I mean, I I still love Martin today. Like he's a he's a excellent. I really novelist. like LA story. The LA story yeah. is wonderful, you know. And his new thing that he did with Martin Short, um called, It's good. Oh, uh, Murders in the Building. Oh, Murders it. in the Building. It's, it's a wonderful show. It's a great little show. You know, it's very sweet. And uh, but like sweet and smart and uh, and goofy and really nicely done. And he's like he's been great in all phases of his life. Um, I want to note that uh, my picture is frozen on Twitch and it looks like I've been drinking that bottle of water for <laughs> boom. <laughs> Burn uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's a real that's a ridiculous movie. We should definitely cover the jerk. Jerk is just like I found my special purpose. You know, it's got. It's got yeah. a lot of the cans. It's he hates the cans. He hates his cans. Yeah, my but, name's in the. Oh my god, I did the that phone once. Books are here. I did that the once. There was some, it was I was at Sway. I was at Sway, and they dropped off all these phone books on a thing, and I started just yelling down the, the hall. The new phone books are here, and they're like, "What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, my god. name is in." print oh, that means God. i'm a somebody I'm a somebody <laughs> oh man that's right 150 big ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the movie's endlessly funny it's when i was born a poor black boy <laughs> <laughs> just like i'm so sorry son <laughs> oh yeah that movie that movie's just just insane just perfectly insane but uh, i think i found my special purposes like that phrase has come up so many times in my life and uh, it is central, central to the jerk for people. <laughs> in any case, Lord I'll be sending you guys more money next week because I'll be getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> that chad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's a good one. <laughs> this is the kind of spontaneous publicity in your name in print that makes people. Thank you, McMonkey Man. Yeah, that really makes people. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's good business right there. And the, uh, also the best one, he's showing him when Jackie Mason's showing him where he can sleep, they go into the supply room. He's like, this is great with the flow. I could put my bed here and I can have the sink. And it's just a small little car. He's like, no, over here, you idiot. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you shouldn't name your dog Lifesaver. You should name your dog Shithead. <laughs> Come here, Shithead. Oh, he hates these kids. Die, random bastard. <laughs> Well, it's funny if you put that you put uh the guy who's shooting the cans yep. is also the killer in um in the, or the, the the private investigator in the true blood. 
not true blood. And, yeah, and um, yeah, he's he's the cop in Blade Runner. He's the uh, yeah, he's the he's the private eye. Blood simple. Blood simple. Yep. Blood simple. Yeah, it's M. Emmett Walsh. He's yeah. uh, a very fine, very fine actor, and like he's and he's in also he's uh, the heavy and um, not hard times, but the the Diamond Store uh, robbery movie that I was talking about with uh, Hoffman. Right. Oh, not with Hoffman with her. Yeah, Hoffman. What's it called? Yes, it's called Time. Straight um, Time. Straight Time. Straight Time. Yeah. Hey, McMonkey Man said he just introduced his son to the jerk recently. How old is your son? Because I'm debating whether to introduce it to my, my wife. Is like, eh. I mean, we've I seen, I seen more than that. 13, 14. 13. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, yeah there you go. around the same, around the same. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. it's like it's got dirty jokes in it, but it's like it's very, very, very silly. It's like it's it's good. Sure. Yeah, it's a very sure, good sure, sure. movie. All right, we're gonna take a two minute break, guys, and then we're gonna talk about the killing of the sacred deer. And Eric and I are gonna have a wonderful time. I can't wait. About that. I'm right in the middle of this one. All right, so two minute break and be right back. All right, they're gonna see an ad. They see an ad. Uh, there should be. Yeah, you going yeah, on right there's... now? All right. So what's the saucy stuff that we can right. mention only to our subscribers? Oh, we got a giant big burger here. Okay, we're getting an ad. Okay, it's perfect. <laughs> a big burger? A burger just appeared on my screen. I'm very... It should happen more often. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. I okay. thought someone handed you a burger because no. sometimes someone hands you something usually. Yeah, no, Anne will come in and like get... Like whenever I'm um, working or doing... Because I'm, I'm in this room about 100% of the day. Most days... This is my entire conscious experience. Right. I'm either in here working or podcasting or working on the shorts that I'm working on or whatever it is. And uh, and I try and grab uh, two, three hours of hanging out and playing video games with everybody uh, downstairs in a little while. But uh, yeah, I today we went out for actual breakfast and I forgot how wonderful it is to be in the world and to see people and do things. I was really oh. quite shocked. Yes. Yeah. Really something. I did. Uh, I went. Um, I did casting lessons on um, on Friday. Mm -hmm. oh, it was, was amazing. That? It was great. Um, I've been casting in the park. I th I, th I told you, Eric. I think I've been casting in the park. Uh, there's a there's a baseball field not far from me, so I walk to it every day, and I cast for forty five minutes every day. And That's beautiful. Yes, and it it is this thing I wake up in the morning and most look forward to every day, because it is the the most meditative experience that sure. I can have. Absolutely, just sit there going, tuk, 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 and I, I cast for accuracy at thirty feet, forty feet, fifty feet, sixty feet, seventy feet. So I nothing to, else to think about, nothing else to do. Absolutely nothing else. Like it's like one way. It's you know, you know the meditation thing. I, I was I was listening to a great. There was this this really sort of this Tibetan monk was talking about meditating, and to him he described it as like it's very simple. You have to, in order for you to clear your mind, you have your monkey brain, and you have to distract it with something so that your yeah. other part of your brain can focus. So, yeah. like if this is doing this, then my brain can go. So it was just, uh, yeah. That is, it's really um, cool. Anyway, yeah, I went to the thing is the casting fits the bill perfectly. Yeah, so I went I went to the 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 uh, the park and I was there. There's two guys, Al Al Q's one of them, and and then Jim Solomon, and they're incredible casters and they're teaching people. But Jim is really good, and he was making me do like on, I mean you can see it on video here, just real quick, but just like this, I'm moving my whole wrist like two inches. Mm -hmm. 
and he was making me practice just to do this and be, be able careful, to man. Cast put your hands in the toaster for that stuff. I'm just saying. Just yeah. 30. <laughs> I was casting 30 feet by doing just this. Beep, beep, yep. Snap. Beep, Damn. Beep. That's all you and need. it's not it's not fast. Nope. It's just doing <laughs> it's it. It's just right. amount of timing. You gotta get well, that back goes and... to the that's yep. as a former <laughs> squash player. That's what it is because tennis, it's a full stroke through squash mm. is you stop and you do yes. this. You're, and you're that's a ball squash. And that's why the speed is so great with the ball. You're like, Pachoo! because yeah. you don't follow through. You stop. And, and, you, and that's why if you play squash and tennis, you screw up one game. One right. of those games that you do is going to be screwed up, right. you know, because you're either right. following through too much on squash or you're, you're hitting the tennis ball with a stop like that. Yep. But that's right. probably what he's talking about. It's that stop and flick creates that incredible acceleration well it's the same in in karate with punches like when you punch them in karate you punch and go back yeah right so it's it doubles the impact by doing that but anyway in 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 yeah anyway it, it just became it's just about this this constant constant practice you can practice every day for years and still not be a master at, at, at casting so mm -hmm. uh it's but uh but i've been absolutely loving it and a weird thing happened because i was all by myself in the baseball field first one day a hawk came by and kept swooping by and looking at what i was doing which was very interesting um and then the next day a smaller bird dove down because i tie a fly on the end for uh that doesn't actually have a hook on it or the hooks broken off so that mm -hmm. you don't accidentally do anything or hook anyone to it but the, this bird came down and grabbed my fly and took off with it. <laughs> and then when it felt the tension on my line, it let go. <laughs> right. Uh, I see. Like, it never, that's, a, that's a whole different it's, uh, casting for, um, for, for birds. Uh, for birds. I have, I have done the same thing where I've actually cast it out and uh, one of the small little fence lizards grabbed my fly and ran off with it. So, <laughs> so, funny. so yeah. I mean, it, it does look like a little bug moving along in the glass. Sure. So we do it right. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, I just love the idea of seeing one of those pencilers doing push-ups, flying its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So the killing of the sacred uh, killing. I keep saying the sacred deer, but it's killing of a sacred a. deer. Killing of a sacred deer. Yes, a sacred deer. Um, also stars Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. Now, I not always a Nicole Kidman fan. Sure, yeah, I get that. She's uh, not always my cup of tea, shall we say? She's. She tends... I think she's been great in some things. Like she's been excellent yes. sometimes. I think that sometimes she's kind of miscast. Like yeah, she, is, she does things like she uh, she has the same she sits in the same sort of ballpark as uh, Natalie Portman to me, where I'm just like, you're really, really, really good. But you got to be careful how you, you people have to be careful how you use this person because they're great at certain things and they're strange in other things in ways that don't work. Yeah, like that's a good there's point. A, there's a there's so a weird her fault or her agents. I mean, she's just getting to work, and you know, obviously, like the, the people. Well, I, I think she's also trying. She's she's along the. She's she's trying to be a Meryl Streep. I feel, a little bit. Yeah. Right. Her well, certainly, yeah. Her uh, job choices, you know, tend that way. Like right. 
the classic great American actress kinds of roles. Right. Uh, and when actually she's, she's weird. She's very strange. And, right. uh, and she's really effective when she's strange. Like I really like her in, uh, uh, caught talking about Kubrick and eyes wide shut. Like she's off putting in that movie in a way that you can't really direct people to be. Uh, and, uh, in a really Kubrickian way that works really, really well. Um, and that you couldn't ask Meryl, like Meryl, you put Meryl Streep in a, in a Kubrick movie, she'd fuck it up. Like I love Meryl Streep, incredible actor, but she's all wrong for just the tone. Whereas, uh, mm. Kidman is, uh, you know, oh, I think I'm she's sorry. hit or miss because she's very, very, her, you know, what, what she targets at is, is very specific. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good point. Uh, but so basically <clears throat> Colin Farrell is a cardiologist, uh, and, uh, he is married to Nicole Kidman, who I believe is probably was also a doctor. Uh, I think so. I th they think they say that, don't they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then has two kids, mm -hmm. uh, who are a young teenage girl, mm -hmm. Uh, and a, a younger boy who's uh, like maybe maybe 10 or yeah. 11 or 12 year old boy um, and um, the acting as we mentioned a little bit earlier and the way that they speak is emotionless <laughs> right right it is cold and awkward it does make, do you feel awkward when you're around that hear that family talking and talking to Oh yeah. Talk to 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But there are a lot of families like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um, you know, they're they achieved a lot, they have a lot of money and you know, their life is very rigid. Well, um, what what Lanthimos does is they capture that sort of uh, proper formalism in every nook and cranny of what is happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, and by by capturing it so well, it feels wrong. Like everyone there is acting properly and liking all the right stuff and talking to each other in the right way and saying the right things, but there's I, so little energy in it. That I find his characters are like Lanthimos is very much like the way he interprets middle class or upper middle class is very much like Haneke, Michael Haneke. Yeah, yeah, agreed. He very captures true. that, you know, kind of. Uh, coldness of the people, right? Uh, of the subjects, and it's really good. Really, yeah. Well, Hennick is another one where he's like, he really points out like there's the internal self and what it wants, and then the, the external performance you give, and these things are radically at odds sometimes, you know. And when like uh, the tone in the opening of this movie is like, you know, it's just like watching people sit and eat and talk about totally useless boring things and you're like they must also be bored <laughs> like what is happening well isolated. they have a certain definition of success mm -hmm. right right there's a way that you succeed in certain ways of doing things and that to them it's like you know my daughter is in choir my son is learning piano my you know Eric knows this. It's like my son's going to as applying to get to Yale. My daughter's going to Princeton. Like that's the definition of success, right? Right. That's how you define those things. Um, 
you know, and that 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 I think is where where he falls in, in into that that category. And Kellen Farr is constantly he's like you know sit up straight, you know, like pushing uh, his daughter to be like, oh, you should uh, you know talk to your uh, choir director about making sure that you're at the front of the choir. You know, that's kind right. of stuff. Like everything's got to be a certain way in order to be perceived um, as a success. Right. Yeah. Well, that's yes. uh been there yeah that's it and uh but eventually that person uh has to be their own selves right and um yep but yeah it's um but when it push comes to shove you kind of see the strength of the woman mm -hmm. and he is kind of weak and indecisive you know, he's more yeah. you know worried about watches right you now well so the to to do a quick sum up of the plot he is a he is a doctor. He is very successful, um, and you start to see that there is some strange relationship he has with another, with this other, with his kid, not yeah. not his son, with his kid. It's almost like a hustler too. Yeah, and he feels really. Like, they're not explaining hustler. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're it's, not explaining it. It's like, very shame lovers? Are they lovers? Yeah, like you have no idea what's happening, and there's is, a little bit of like this kid is imposing on him and he feels obligated to be part of this kid's life. Right. And he's like giving the kid like, like, like a, a watch. fancy watch and shit like this. Like you're like, what is going on here? Like this feels, it feels dirty. Like nothing's happened, yep. but it feels dirty. And the kid, uh, the actor who's playing the kid is, uh, I don't remember his name, but he's is also, he Irish? I think so. He's in, um, um, uh, uh, Dunkirk. And right. he's the uh, he's the kid that uh, gets uh, uh, the head injury. Is, Barry uh, Coogan is his name. Yeah, yeah, and he can play nice guys, but he more often than not plays very upsetting, strange people. He was and also in the Eternals, which is a movie I highly recommend you don't watch. I have watched about. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I wouldn't say you don't watch it. It was okay. It was well, just... I watched about twenty minutes of the Eternals, and none of it was bad. I can just here's my quick sum up. Like I was like, I feel like I'm watching the fifth movie of a very detailed series and it's all well made but i don't understand anything at all as to what's happening like it's all right. fine but it's like watch it if i watch because you're not Potter in the Sticks, franchise <laughs> yeah i'm just like what the who the who is this what what are they what is this you know and i'll get the, the rest i love chloe Zhao, and i'll watch the rest of it at some point but yeah like the like that he's in that and he's just as weird in that so like the kid's really good at being weird he's particularly well used here and it's becomes clear that this kid has some sort of power over Colin Farrell, who's a weak-willed person, uh, to the point of just sort of insinuating himself into Colin's Far Colin Farrell's life even further and further. Like gets he comes over for dinner, and Nicole Kidman initially really likes him, and kid's like, so I guess you know like, you should come over to dinner at my house and hang out with my mom and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. like, there's this, uh, like kids His mom of... is played by Alicia Silverstone, and which me. was, yeah, I haven't seen her on the screen in a long time. It's like clueless. Yeah. She just yeah. basically disappeared. Um, and, and she's good at this. It's very good. And the, and, and so it comes clear that, that Colin Farrell has shamefully been hiding this fact that he fucked up the kid's father's heart surgery and the guy died mm -hmm. of a stroke like on the table. And now the kid has been leveraging this guilt to push himself further and further into Colin Farrell's family. 
Right. Uh, and Colin Farrell is sort of, he's, he doesn't have any strength to resist this. And before he knows it, like, you know, the kid is now dating his Colin Farrell's daughter. Well, and, not only that, he tries to, he, he invites him over to his house to have dinner with him and his mom. Yeah. And then says like, let's watch a movie. Oh, I'm going to go to bed. You hang out with my mom. He wants his mom to have sex with him. Yes. Yeah. Right. Have an affair. And he's, with he's him. like, fuck no, this is weird. But yeah. Like, it, it keeps on getting pushed. Right. And so yeah. then the kid comes out and like comes and talks to the Cole Kidman and tells him the whole, tells her the whole thing, you know, right. and just like, and all this is weird enough. Right. Like it's it, like, it's still thriller weird. It's like fatal attraction style. Then, well, it had a little bit of the flavor of get out. Do you remember? Doesn't it yeah, have it has, yeah, it has. Yeah, exactly. It has a get out <laughs> kind of vibe. And yeah. like uh, something's but, fucked up here. I don't know exactly what's it, going on, right. but it's and not so right. It, and then it and then it takes a turn into s sort of supernatural, like right. very very. Because you think it's going to be like something weird about you know they had a gay relationship right. or something like well, that. That's what I was right. saying. He leads yeah. you down. That's the genius of him. Right. He really is fantastic director. Well, he really certainly incredible. associates like he makes you feel like makes the audience. Like, cause if they just told him like, uh, like he fucked up his dad's surgery and blah, blah, blah. Like you wouldn't feel the shame that Carl, you'd understand that Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell feels shame, but you wouldn't feel that shame. Whereas like by implying that there's some like sexual mal malfeasance going on, like it makes the audience feel the shame. Like what the fuck am I watching? I should, maybe I shouldn't even be watching this. Is he fucking right. that kid? What's happening? Right. Especially when they show it like how much hair they have under our arms. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a very like awkwardly sensual oh. bit of underscoring that's going on. And because it makes the audience feel the shame, it connects them in a really sort of uh, like a, in a way to Colin Farrell, like you're sharing, like you're an accomplice to his shame in some way. This, uh, there's a lot of really gross. That's a good point, Dan. That's, yeah. that's what it is. No, yeah. really, really fascinating. And so but he also does a thing with like, my daughter started menstruating. We're very proud. Like, like, yeah, what, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? He says to a group of doctors that like a, uh, the convention. Yeah. He right? like, like in, a, in, like in the hallway, our daughter yeah. started menstruating. And you can see like, proud. this is how he thinks about his life. Like everything is going according to the way it should Complying. be going. Right. Yeah. Everything is going the way it's supposed to go. Right. And, uh, and he's trying to keep this facade up. And, uh, you know, he, the reason why he fucked up with the kid's dad is because he was hammered. Like he's trying to operate while he's drunk. And to like that he's buried this horrible, horrible shame, and now it's coming up and ruining his life. And so when it when it turns supernatural is when the Colin Farrell's son wakes up one day and he can't move his legs. Well, no, he he explain he he tells him after like the 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 the, the kid tells him he says right after. he says like this is what's going to happen this is what's no, going to happen tells him after though after the kid yeah, can't like, uh, wait, uh, yeah uh, I, be I believe eric's yes. right no 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 no, no. I think like he, he says but he, okay. anyway there's a there's a scene in which he explains he the kids like here's what's going to happen to your yeah. children you know? right and he says like first they're going to lose feeling in their legs then they're going to stop eating and then it basically says like and slowly they will die you know and this is just what's going to happen to you and i like that he's sort of like i don't even know if this is fair but right. it's really the only way, only way I can have justice in, in this situation for my dad. Well, he doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. Well, he does say he, a bit about it. It's not like, I, I just like, mm, he I basically know, says, it's like, it's someone from your family is going to have to die to make because up for the death that you did family on died. one family that died. But it's not like he, the, he has con 
the kid has control of he doesn't imply that he has control over it right yeah, yeah he's exactly he didn't he's make saying, like, this happen he said this. this is what's going this to is happen what is going to happen to you like right. he's just like he's not saying like i'm secretly poisoning your children like right. none of that happens it's just like this is what's going to happen to them this is what's going to happen and i don't them. think he even said that he did it right no he like yeah he doesn't say that he does anything right it's right. just this is going to happen because you have to pay with a life for the life that you took from my family. That's what's going to happen. That's, that's, you, that's some sort of spectral justice that is happening to you right now. Right. You know? And so the kid, like his kid, like can't, can't walk and is, you know, like in the hospital and they have, right. you know, like doctors looking at him and they don't know what's wrong and they're scanning his brain and all this kind of stuff. And then he's like, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. And you don't even know if it's like, so kids not hungry. Kids are not always hungry. And right. Colin Farrell's just like, you know, basically like you're hungry, you're gonna eat something right now. And like, I don't want anything. And it's like, eat this giant, all this fucking donuts, like eat all these donuts, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and Farrell's acting out in ways that make his connections to his kids even worse than they were. And it starts falling apart radically very quickly, you know, and then, the, and then the daughter gets sick, even though she's been dating the guy. You know, right. and then like there's a weird competition and sickness between the kids and like because they want to survive. So yeah. they're figuring but out it's, but it's very cooking. it's very odd because the. Yeah, he basically says you're going to have to choose one of the kids, one of you're going to have to choose. And by the time they start bleeding from the eyes. Yeah, that's when you that's the you're gonna have you to make a choice. This Someone in your family has to die. Right. And he explains all of this to Nicole Kidman. He finally tells her the whole story after all this shit's going down. And she's going, what the fuck? But she <laughs> gets it. Yeah. She gets it. Right. She, she acts on it. She kisses the boy's she, feet later on. She right. knows and understands it. Just like uh, in a Greek tragedy. I mean, that's the cool thing about this. And she gets to basically, he starts to doubt her and says, oh, you're all cuckoo. You know, believing it's this or that. Right. But, uh, that kind of dynamic between them when this is going on and how they handle it is the genius part of the film too. Cause he right. just comes across as like weak and stupid um, because his decisions and his impulses are so, uh, but for a doctor, it's kind of weird. Well, no, you know, for a doctor, like the doctor is, is, I mean, it's the classic, it's the classic thing you do in the story where it's like the doctor wants to believe in, science and this is not science what is happening to him is not uh quantifiable or literal so it can't be happening the way it seems to be happening like that's he's trying to be as realistic as possible but the fact is what he's avoiding is that this is symbolic of guilt and the mm -hmm. guilt will destroy your family like unattended guilt will well, destroy your family yes but there's also something very specific about this as well because mm -hmm doctors this is very true tend to have god certain doctors have god complex god problems, complexes right? yeah right and so so he is a doctor who has the god complex who suddenly is lost complete control over yep. his i have no yeah exactly life right and the kid is the one who actually the kid is the one who actually controls the fate of his family, or he feels right. that the kid, and he can't yeah. doesn't know what the fuck to do, right? Yeah, because the kid, the kid is uh, what's he starts lashing out at the other doctors. It's yeah, great. it's great. But in, the, in uh, I, I don't remember because I know this is based on a a, a Greek myth. I don't know. I, I don't know. Euripides. It's like I think. 
Well, yeah, because it's it's one of the uh, is, one of the like, Furies. Like the kid is essentially one of the Furies, and he's just like, here comes fucking justice. <laughs> like you're, it's coming right. for you. That's what's happening. You know, and as much control as you think you have, you don't have it. Like it's no. an illusion. And in fact, like the control, your 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 obsession with controlling everything and trying to appear normal only reveals how un- abnormal and out of control everything really is. Uh, and so you try by trying to hide, like this. If you could, if you had just come to terms with what ha- what had happened, maybe you wouldn't be in this position. But the fact is, you can't, and so you're going to suffer. But there's for nothing it. to come to terms with. What he did is act is done the man died oh yeah it's just going to happen and so now. he just has right. to accept it and instead right. of covering your face and spinning around with a gun just get up and shoot one of them yep and take take control take control so it does really yeah she take does. control right yeah she does so, she has sex with his partner she gives a hand to his partner she does all these well things. no she's just getting into yeah she's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on right no she's trying I, to solve the problems yeah like she's she's, being, she's taking action Right. Yeah. Like she's actually taking action. He is he is refusing to take action. Like he is like he's resisting. Well, he's basically like trying to figure out what the hell to do. Right. Like trying to get an understanding of how to stop this whole thing from happening. Right. But at the same time, in the back of his mind, he's realizing I may have to make a choice. And that's when he does ask the principal about his kids Mm -hmm. and then starts to figure out which one is the which one is better in school yeah it's right? so good yeah it's, it's such a great <laughs> like like oh god yeah yeah that's too yeah. good that's too good yeah it's like these like as in order to enjoy the movie as, as you kind of have to like you know you have to go through the realization that colin farrell refuses to which is like this is not uh literal like what is happening isn't literal it's but it's emotionally li- uh, true you know, like this right. is something that makes sense to you if you think about it emotionally. Uh, it's just been made literal because it's a movie. Uh, and so like it has nothing to do with explainable reality at all. It's it has to do with like what it feels like to be in uh, this sort of shame filled emotional trap. And you're trying to figure a way out of it without gnawing your own arm off. But you can't <laughs> You know, like this is what's coming. Right. And so the uh, the in the end of the movie, when it's like, you know, he's you know, in a position to be forced to make a decision, he is still, you know, it's like it's like random chance is like the best he can do. Right. So what he actually does is he takes each one of his family members and sits them around in a circle around him. He ties them up and gags them and puts a hood, um, a hood over them and then uh, puts a cap over his face and a shotgun and spins around in a circle basically doing a russian roulette with his family yep. and then randomly firing the gun whenever he stops and he tries it three or four times until one of them gets shot mm-hmm. and uh yeah so there you go uh something very hard uh to watch uh but what was interesting to me is like oh fuck you know i just don't but here's the thing that. it doesn't <clears throat> Because there's a quality about it, as Dan said, that gets so unreal mm-hmm. that it's like it, it just it doesn't come across as like what you think it does. It does. It's harrowing, harrowing. Yeah. But at the same time, because you start to become part of this Greek mythology, this right. Greek play, right. you know, you 
you start to realize that um, the violence is a different perception of the violence because it's like, yeah, he's got to do it. He's got to yeah. do it. There's a moral. He's got to do it to save his family. Right. Got to do it. Yeah. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Yeah. Is that like it's, it's where the, we're this at. Is the, these are the laws of the universe of the, of the thing that I'm That's watching. right. You right. got to do what works. you got to do. Right. And uh, I mean, like, and there are plenty of, exa of example of actual real life examples of, you know, virtually impossible choices, you know, uh, and uh, and it's just like I mean, Farrell, like by go by by going completely random, he will never escape the shame because he can't take control. If he simply took control and made a, made a decision, then he could own something and come to terms with it. But he can't like he's mm -hmm. just like. This is impossible for me, and I and I won't do it. Uh, and uh, and so it becomes worse. <laughs> like like it's like it's like it's like watching someone you know bleed to death the whole movie. It's it's just just horrible. So it's an extremely unpleasant movie. Like it's uh, like, Haneke's Haneke's movies are like that. Yeah, it's like funny games. You know, That's it's like it, it feels just like funny. Benny's games. video. Benny's yeah no just exactly yeah unsettling. Right, yeah, like this is the kind of like. Like this is the kind of stuff where it's just like it's made it's it's not built so that so you have lovable characters that you're really championing. It's built to mess with you. Like it's sure. built to fucking stick a spoon in your chest and go and turn it around. And it does it very very well, you know. And uh, like I think that like I'm, I maybe I like the lobster just because I'm a little more comfortable with the way the lobster makes me feel. And I can, I'm allowed to laugh at it, but you can't really laugh at killing your sacred deer. It just traps you in the movie, and then that's where you're at. Mm. It's beautiful stuff, though. Great uh, filmmaking and refreshing mm -hmm. to see. You know, is it? Oh my franchise. god! It, it, <laughs> no kidding, good god! <laughs> I think people forgot about what movies are. Yeah, this is the kind of yeah. shit you should watch. It's good for you to watch this stuff. It's upsetting like that control over you. And you think it's one film and it's like, that was the genius of like films in the seventies and sixties. They're coming out with stuff where you're absolutely did, um, blown away. Right. right? Like, yeah. Oh, Hello, whoa. Dolly. Very few, directors <laughs> get you like, very few directors get you like that. Right. But I mean, the thing is, it did used to be very popular to like, it used to be a popular thing to do is to watch movies that, that, that upset you. That was what, that's part of what made American cinema in the seventies. Great. You know? And right. Uh, and I think that, like, because, like, for instance, I mean, people, I think it's a fair thing to say that America has always been making, there's always great films every year. America is great at making movies. Um, uh, so, like, I think it's, there's a little bit of mythology around the 70s in terms of just like, oh, they were only making great films. No, they made fucking great movies this past year. Oh, no. But know? there was loads a and loads freedom of to their voice that was different than yeah. other generations. It's true. And, well, and, there, and there was a, and there was something about the way, we were the audience was working with it that we were looking for stuff that was challenging and we were looking at a very popular sense like fucking apocalypse now got made like how did okay i can't i cannot imagine that movie being made today in any sense like in any way how would you do it you know you know and they had like, that have you seen the trailer for the the making of uh, the godfather that Oh yeah, the 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 deal or whatever it is. The yeah, the uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, making the making the Godfather show. It'll, I'll watch it. It seems pretty fun. Did you, you know? see the trailer? I didn't see the trailer yet. And oh, like I, I read strange. all about, but it's good. Yeah, I, I, I buy it. The guy that got playing Coppola it looks like Coppola. Looks totally. Fun. But yeah, it's like the that movies like Killing a Sacred Deer. It's just like it's like a. It's like I think it's good to balance 
have a balanced diet of movies. Like you don't want to just watch depressing shit all the time. Like you want to watch celebratory, fun, fluffy stuff also. That's that's also good. But I think we've gotten to a point where we look at movies like this and we just go, it is bad to watch this. And uh, and I think it's actually really healthy to watch this. This might be the fucking the the broccoli of movies, but it's good for you, you know. And uh, like it's not it's not any fun, but it's it really it uh, it makes you think very hard about what you what you believe and 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 things you have messed up in your own life. And I think that's really that's a really useful thing to be doing. That's a yeah. good point, Dan. Yeah, except if you have you know kids that are exactly the same age and you put yourself imagine yourself in that circle doing having to pull a gun i don't want to do it's that hard, right now. yeah it's it's completely horrifying <laughs> right yeah, i don't want to think of me right. randomly shooting my own son right. uh, i don't want to think about that i don't think that's a good good thing to experience or to think about um, but you do for instance i bet you'd agree with the idea that like you like when you have for you know i think it's fair to say for all of us like you have kids and you love them crazily and you want the very best of everything for them. And you also have dreams yourself of what you want to be doing. And yep. when you commit yourself to those things, are you taking away from them and the care and attention that they need? Or are you setting a terrible example or are you hurting them in some way that you don't understand? Like these are all real feelings and worries, you know, just yes. like, and uh, that's what this movie is about. You know, mm. like, like this is why this connects where you're just like, am I, you know, am I unconsciously doing something that will hurt those I love because my life is unexamined? Like, that's something that I could go like, oh, that might be true. <laughs> like, yep. what's out there that might just fucking show up and I start having to give watches to the kid? <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't you come to me. Pay him off. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. good to see you. It's really great to see you. I hope you're doing well. I hope your mom's great. Yeah. You like her so much. Why don't you marry her? <laughs> yeah. What was the, and so the, the thing that really could have got to me is confidence grew. No, too, is by the, the, way. the, the, the very end of the yeah, movie. It's great. He's a great, the very, the very end of the movie, obviously like he's had to make a choice and he's shot his own son, for, mm -hmm. you know, but then somehow, first of all, I don't know how you shoot your own son mm -hmm. and then, you're not in jail for that, but right. that's okay. So that happened. Mm -hmm. And then he's in a diner with his wife and his daughter, obviously his son's dead. And uh, the it's a slow-mo, basically this whole sequence. Uh, the, the kid shows up and sits at the diner and he looks at them and they are, you know, basically extraordinarily upset about him showing up and they all get up and leave mm -hmm. but remember the daughter was having a relationship with mm -hmm. him right and when as they leave the very very end shot is she looks at him but then her expression changes ever so slightly from yeah. disgust to happiness to mm -hmm. see him yep just as she leaves the door right and that is and the father doesn't even look yep. yeah and so how, what did that make you feel? Um, it made me feel that this was a good movie <laughs> <laughs> because it makes you realize like the lack of control over these yes. situations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, like in a way, in a really, really, uh, in, in, this is an indefensible thing for me to say. That's kind of a happy ending to me where I'm like, 
they Justice are not done. Yeah, well, and they're going to be living consciously after this point. Like it's going to like they better, or else it's coming for them again. Like it's going to happen right. again. Right. Like yeah, like you gotta fucking stay on your toes, boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the kid is waiting for you. Right. And it's gonna happen again. Yeah, it's Michael Myers is waiting in the wings. But so the reason I you know, the reason I say that like this movie's been made before. Now I didn't I don't I'm not necessarily saying it was done this way or exactly this way, but there have been movies like Fatal Attraction that have similar concepts to this, or some uh young boy comes into a house and has disrupted the family and right. makes people not trust each other and uh or you know etc 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 or fucking sophie's choice right like like these are there are movies that have been done with this theme in mind or this this idea this is all sort of put together in a different way mm -hmm. what was the to me the thing that was different is that you know the lobster was so absurd in so many ways which i really love kind of highly absurd films that like yeah. that uh, this one was not as absurd. This one was like, it was more like I've seen this story before. It was very well executed. Yeah. It was very well acted. The The mood is strange. Mm -hmm. The music was fuck. Yeah. That if, if, if there's something that makes you feel awkward, it was the music the whole mm -hmm. time throughout this was really, really off-putting. Yeah. Off well, that's yeah. the, this is the thing is I feel like because this movie is, yeah, like unlike the lobster, like this is what you're saying. It's like unlike the lobster is clearly not real, you know. Like it's it, it you're you're very aware that this it's is a it's a yeah it's, reality. Right? What's the what's the it's a satire. It's, it's such satire. an it's very it's clear that's yeah. very clear satire. Right from from the opening gag, you're like, okay, we're in a stylized hyper hyper world, right? Um, and and so your brain's sort of like puts itself in that space whereas like this movie is like is everything is presented like very like visually very realistically and sort of like all the setups seem like yes this is familiar like i'm like it feels it feels very legitimate. cold world though you don't see a lot it is, of it is yeah it's very cold people are acting strange but there's no giveaways to it being a uh uh anything but what it is and uh and so it's a little, it's a little Kubrickian in its style and its characters, but it's not like it's, it, it doesn't, lay, it doesn't play its hand that it's like, this is actually a metaphorical exploration mm -hmm. uh, until way deep in the movie. And so, uh, like, I guess my question but to you isn't is, isn't like, that you, why people went to theater? Yeah, well, this is my, this is my question is like, do you think that he's using the fatal attractionness of it as a lure? Hmm to tell a story and to give a moral story right to get the audience because yeah. this uh, this is the, the this is what i suspect is going on it's like part of the trick is like this is the kind of thing this is the kind of thing you expect but we're going to go someplace else with it yeah does that make sense i don't know yes absolutely that's his genius though too honestly yeah. right and um it's just it's pretty crazy i i i really love that movie even watching it again because it's it's not less about the subject matter or but how the message is told how he leads you down mm -hmm. this road and and it kind of pokes at your perceptions i thought they were a gay couple right, right. and yeah, there was some sure. deceit right. going on and i was like right. i knew it i knew it. no we're going down another road 
and you never and would have seen her because kiss it, because his it feet. lets you yeah because yeah like like because it lets you scrape around trying to what, figure out what it is what I did this what, what did the kissing of the feet mean to you eric she's laying it to the gods saying please don't take my children i'll do right. anything for you i am presenting all these things and i beg you know hey your godfather I want you to put justice to my daughter. I and actually, I, I actually think it was much more symbolic than that. It is very symbolic. It was. She was on her knees, laying and kissing his feet. It no, was I think, almost no, 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 no. I was saying like directly symbolic of the Bible. It's yep. Mary Magdalene yes. kissing Jesus's feet. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So it's it's the moment where she basically realizes that she's the person that has been sinning the whole time and right. that he is going to be the savior of her sins and forgiver of all her sins and by cleaning and kissing That's his great. feet yeah. is right. exactly what mary madeline does in the bible yep. so i it's not i i think that that was what that was about yeah 100 and, and like it is like it's an interesting like it's interesting that that because like that is a like the like kissing someone's feet and because there's a lot of cleaning the feet in the Bible as well. That's an absolution, right? Yes. And, yes. uh, and so you're, you're, there's a sort of a mutual forgiveness of sin going on in imagery like this, you know, it's just like she is, um, blessing his judgment and is hoping that his judgment, it, it like by, by being open about her sin, hoping that his judgment will not be harsh against her. But it is her that is giving the blessing to him for the judgment itself. Like yeah. I'm opening the, I'm opening myself up to you is what that says, you know, and I, I lay my, I lay my soul at your feet. Uh, and I, and I'm hoping in doing so you are, uh, forgiving and, uh, and he's not. <laughs> because he kind of says it it's not he's not the one that's doing not me. it yeah exactly it's not yeah me. he's this he's the, the, totally the, the, absolutely yeah. like this is how it's gonna go i can't control it yeah yeah doesn't it like i i it's, i don't even know if it's fair but this is what's happening you know? yeah and the thing is because like i you know symbolically he's correct because this horror is not happening from the outside in it's happening from the inside out like Colin, Farrell, Colin, Colin Farrell is fucked up inside and that's where the core of the problem is. And that shit is going to make its way out like an alien. <laughs> like that is like you, you may not want to have an alien pop out of your chest, but it is what is coming and there's no way around it. You can fucking run around like a chicken with your head cut off, but it's still going to eventually do this. And so like, right. there's a, there's a, there's a broader metaphor going on. That is true for everybody, which is like, you know, you may not, you may want to pretend that you're not going to die, but you are like, it's coming. And at the end of your life, you will be faced with how you lived it. And there's no escaping that good or bad. There's no escaping it. And, right. uh, and that is the, that is the real, like, it's what would you like in what in desperation to avoid that what will you do and that's that's the thing that is true with the lobster as well hmm. yeah it's putting your feet to the fire what do you actually it, believe uh yeah so okay 
we've we've covered it by the way i'm really glad we did this two movies mm-hmm. uh really glad to, uh we cover these things i'd love to talk about why why movies like this don't get made more often mm-hmm. one nowadays because mm-hmm. if it's as, this would be like totally normal in the seventies to make movies like this. Oh yeah, it's, it's chock a block. You know these, right? these things are just and, the well. Not, and I think you did say, you said it. There are probably Eric and uh, you know there are probably lots of movies like this that are being made today, mm-hmm. but just people don't see them. Yeah, like the well, there these things. I I think you do find these things. They're just on. They're hidden on streaming. They're like weird little Amazon releases that don't get a lot of play. You know, like they're not popular. And uh, it was the the seventies was it, it was popular, and I think that yeah. that's the real question is sort of like oh, as you know as movies are a business, uh, like the popularity of movies affects the kinds of movies that get made, and so uh, people don't want to see movies like this means that less movies like this are funded, and less movies like this when they are made are advertised very heavily. Well, it's you know what oh, it reminds Oscars. You know yeah. what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me so ba- way back in the day at, at DD, you know, I just started working in visual effects. So I'd been working in architecture the whole time before that, right? And I'd, you know, I studied architecture, I did architecture, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a guy who I was working with who had also started at DD and he was he was also going through his second career or whatever, but he used to be a real estate agent, mm-hmm. right? And so he used to talk about houses like commodities, mm-hmm. very much to me the most anti the most anti architecture way, yeah, right? Exactly. Like the value of a house is, you know, the crown molding and the granite countertops, and sure. the, like you know what I mean. Right. Like there's all these check marks, right? If you work the at contractor like, subtotal, that's the value of the house, <laughs> right? It's it's, it, it's just like whoa, you know, you have this and the and the formal this and the that that, and it, it's just like this is the sy- symbolism of real estate, which has nothing to do with architecture, right? Mm-hmm. right. And so. To him, it was like you know, uh, selling houses in 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 in, uh, in uh, subdivisions, right? Like uh, or neighborhoods that are created yeah. with cul-de-sacs, and every house looks the same. And buying buying into that idea, and that's how you get that's that's right. That that is the right. middle class America. That, there's there's that awesome line from Poltergeist when uh, Craig T. Yes. Nelson is selling houses, right? And he says to the people that he's trying to sell, he's like. He gets confused about something like the family's like, oh, this was, didn't we see this place? And he's like, well, you know, they're, they're kind of like, they're kind of like, he goes, we have a saying in the real estate business, the grass is greener on every side. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this has nothing to do. This has literally nothing to do with the house I'm selling you. It's right. about whether or not you feel like you have arrived someplace. It has right. nothing to do with art. It has nothing to do with architecture. It has nothing to do with your family. It has but, to do with but, like, your but, ego. Uh, let, me, let, me get you, let me get through this and explain where I'm going with this story. Because mm-hmm. uh, So we went to this. Uh, we went to uh, Hennessy and Engels, the bookstore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, architecture uh, bookstore. Yep. And it's a great bookstore and it's got a lot of art books and a lot of architecture books. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's another guy who I work with who was also uh, an ex-architect and went to check out some books. And so this guy who was like the real estate guy was like looking through some books. And he's like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Look, they have a fireplace in the middle of the living room. And I'm like, wait, 
you think that's crazy? <laughs> What's going on? And so I was like, hold on a second. And I pulled out some books of like, you know, some deconstructivists or even some, you know, right. some of the things that, you know, like Honey Rashid had done or, or you know, I, I mean, Franklin Wright, not Franklin Wright. Um, uh, Frank Gehry was not that popular at that point yet right. and right. but there was even you know police up from morphosis and 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 erico and boss and he was like i i like it just his brain exploded like this is architecture and this like could be a, you could live in this what is you this? could live this yeah, right. right and so to me what the reason that that story resonated with me is like i feel that that's the way that movies are now there are people yeah, that are like i don't understand there's something besides marvel films <laughs> you know there's other things well if you go too like, long like that then people will never know what it was like yeah. yeah i i understand so what's what i find interesting and i'm not i don't want to harp on this too much but you know more recently now obviously a lot of anime and manga is becoming very popular right, sure, right. and they're popular because it's like things they haven't seen before because they've been spoon fed this fucking Marvel yeah, crap right. for so long. And they're like, this is amazing. It's like, but if you really look at that anime and manga stuff, that's the same kind of edgy shit that was done in the seventies films yeah, as well. Well, I mean, we said, we said before, it's like the, like every, you know, every sector of the world, every country in the world go, ha, goes through their, uh, their American seventies phase. Like Australia hit it also. Like they had yeah, their Korea is doing it now. Korea is doing it now. You know, it's like the, it's this it's this tipping point where it's just both the, the where the audience and the creators are sort of artists together. You know, yeah. like like mm -hmm. it's not like they're sharing this idea, this vision, and they're rewarding the artists for it, and the artists are rewarding the audience for it for right. sharing this idea. And uh, and so you see stuff like you know, like in anime, and like there's obviously you know seven hundred million tons of bad anime. But sure. The, but you know, there's the great stuff that the stuff that make that makes it through the filters, and you see over here that's exciting, is like, uh, like it's really challenging, wild, inventive material, and it's not just not just visually, you know, and not, but it's like it, it's what it's doing with the characters and these weird, subtle stories and things you don't expect. Like this is right. this is really true, and like it's like for ki for kids that have been like you've been grown up with fucking Marvel films, like you see something like. You know, uh, even like uh, the one that we watched with your daughter, um, uh, which was just like this Promise is, Neverland. Yeah. Promise Neverland is so so wild and crazily dramatic compared to anything that people under twenty have really been exposed to. Right. Mm. It's it's really shocking, and so it's exciting. It's great. It makes you think about stuff. Like it's the whole it's the whole point. Right. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's exhilarating, and it's and it makes you look around at American cinema, and you're like. Oh God! Like, because I am literally talking to I'm talking to some people as I, as you know as we've been really getting into the subject on this podcast and in other forms there, and there are people that are like, "Oh, the, my, my favorite movie of all time is uh, is uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean." I'm like, "What? <laughs> it's a fine movie. It's fun. No, I, I'm just like." That? This is as bad as <laughs> fucking Dan Thrawn and Titanic. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, I'm not just saying. Listen, and you're absolutely I think, right. I think what your I think what it is though, Chris, is that there is no. I I worked at this one visual effects place, and I called it the Millennial Jubilee because it was just like <laughs> nobody had any curiosity. 
You know, when I was a kid, I, you want to know about bands and artists. There's no, there's no artistic curiosity in a sense. They're just spoon fed stuff. Well, so I think that's I mean, why, Chris, you were saying they don't know these movies or I, yeah, my nobody favorite, does. You know, whatever you mentioned, it's because the, the curiosity is waned. I mean, which, I think that's, I think that is also, that's true for millennials, but it's also true for literally everybody else. No, no, Everyone. I'm just, Popular I said, pardon me, I'm sorry, I take that back. I'm just saying in general, the, the viewing public, yeah. there's a curio artistic curiosity that's gone. Yeah. Like this is, this is and true so they for don't baby want boomers. To it is true for everybody. Go past yeah. what's spoon fed to them. Right. Like this is, this is the, this is the struggle right now. It's like, you know, you talk to, I mean, I talk to people in their, in their sixties who, you know, are completely incurious about engaging anything fresh or new like and they they'll they'll like and it's the same i mean it's the same across the board like everybody's in this space where it's just like just give me the fucking oatmeal with you know captain america symbol on the side give me give me chewbacca in the, in the, <laughs> exactly. in the millennium falcon i don't want anything that's not that uh, yeah well it's like yeah it's like how many fucking boba fett shows do you need like this is weird it's weird that there's two boba fett shows I mean, just like, that's it? You spent $4 million and this is what you have? A, talking about killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. It's like killing of a sacred movie. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. just put this crap out and it's like... Uh, yeah, and it's very, I mean, the thing's been... But there, are, there is stuff on stream. It's it's not, stuff on stream. Here's the, the problem, Eric, is that it's not actually crap. It's uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, this is the right? devious shit. This is what it is. You're right. It, it's good enough. Yes, it lures you in because it's fine. It's fine, fine. and it's watchable. Yes. Yeah, it's perfectly right. acceptable. And it's just like, oh my God. It's just like, there's only so many mozzarella sticks from Fridays in the freezer that you can possibly eat. <laughs> right. I was going to say hamburgers, but yes. that's okay. Yeah, this you is know? just it. I love, I love a good fucking... Mozzarella I don't mind stuff. a hamburger, yeah, but you know right. what? You, okay. You, I'm going to tell another one. It's like, I've had really good luck fishing, right? In the last several weeks. And today was a shitty day. Like today, like my fucking broke my leaders. I lost a bunch of flies. I was like, there was a bunch of shit that was going down. It was, it was a problem. It was a bad day. Mm -hmm. But I look back at this day and I was like, if today was great too, then great days are not going to be so special anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to have bad days to make the great days special. Right. Yeah, well, bad days just happen. Just like great days. Do. Yes. But bad. I think and those like, are the bad. Being, they, they being put the good right days zone in perspective. Is, yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah, like you want to be in the right zone too process whatever happens like and right. because that'll bring you closer to happiness no matter what the circumstances are right and uh when you when you try to have nothing but good then you're actually avoiding the good like right yeah like you, you're you're not being sensitive to the things that actually excite you like weird little challenges that you didn't expect this is what makes your casting day great it isn't that everything went perfectly it's that you were in the zone about what was happening right you know, and you can have a day that you don't, I'm, I'm, I don't fish, but I'm just like, I'm sure you can have a day where nothing gets caught, but everything was interesting and all the challenges were oh, really yeah. fresh. You yeah. Know? And that's a better day than just like, well, you know, I had to blah, blah, blah. It's a regular old, you know, non, nothing experience. Right. You know, like you, you, that's, and this is the, like, it's like you, if, if you, like, yeah, I, there's plenty of Marvel films that I, I really enjoy. I really love, you know, and I think they're very creative and super fun. Um, but when I tried to watch and I did watch all of Black Widow, I can't even believe I did it. Like I felt like I, I, I felt like I should get an award for watching, watching through to the end of that movie. I was really? just like, this is so, 
this this is insultingly insultingly lazy like it is assuming that i i'm completely uninterested in any kind of challenge at all it's only showing me shots i've seen in other marvel movies it's saying lines i've seen in other marvel movies it's i got characters from other marvel movies and they're all complaining about the same stuff they complained about last time and nothing changed it's like this weird it's like you're in fucking uh um uh no exit like like <laughs> it's it's wild like there's a scene in that movie where you it's like all the characters sit down at a dinner table and they go around one by one and they just bitch about their 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 sad traumatic history and i'm like that's where we're at. This is character. No exit, that? by the way. No exit would be a great film that would be directed by Lantinas. <laughs> that he would, yes, absolutely nail it. Absolutely nail it. That is a movie that when I read that play, I was like, oh, oh fucking, no exit is great. It's oh, great. yeah. Yeah. And it, and it like it really does deal like like you like you if you made the no exit of superhero movies I would I would I would be entirely oh, refreshed. Just don't even make it a a, a superhero film. just make it a no exit of people I mean, people. No no exit is wonderful but the like the no exit we're in right now is superhero movies. And like you draw people into it with oh dude it's going to be Chris blah 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 as Captain so and so and then you're like you're now we're locking the theater doors. And here we go. <laughs> like that would be a great joy. And I think that like this is, you know, we talk about it like this is what happened with Westerns in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. You, know, you just hit a fucking wall and you're like, we got to change something up. What if it's all in Italian? <laughs> like anything for Christ's sakes. You know? Right. Or if you look at Easy Rider, Easy Rider is basically a Western. It's just a completely Absolutely. different way of a flavor yeah. for it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, man, I've, I've seen shows of stuff that's that's really wild and great. Like, uh, see, go, you know, people should go watch like Eyes of My Mother and or any Korean film at all that's you know, <laughs> the past five or six years. You yeah, know, there's Koreans loads of really great stuff. incredible films. Oh yeah, they're on fire. They're on fire right now, and like it won't last. It'll it's only for it only last like under six or seven years. But no, it's great. Yeah, it happens, you know. But it's just like when it's happening like search it out and i think that like that's the thing i think of the blessing you know uh as much as you can have one from covid is like people i really believe people are burnt out on comfort food i don't think they are because no, i think we are burned out on comfort yeah, okay, food. i don't think they so. are right because yeah. the thing that i think is interesting is you know going back to my architecture thing uh analysis i was one of my professors like you know a great piece of architecture is built uh, uh, built through a combination uh, or through the relationship between the architect and the client, right? Mm -hmm. So the client itself is just as integral as the architect who designs the space because it's about that, that space is about them. So what I think is going on in Korea or what's happening in the United States in the 70s is, is the audience was ready for it. Right. Mm -hmm. The audience was ready for a cultural revolution to happen. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore the films were there and thrived on that. They would never have happened if the audience wasn't ready for them to be there. And I think what's going on right now is that the United States isn't ready right. culturally. Right. The, the United States wants to shut its eyes on the world and is it wants to, I mean, clearly 
the amount of xenophobia that's been circling this country no, it's radical is yeah. radical. So they do not want to be influenced by anything else or be told right. how to feel. Right. They have a belief that they are doing everything right and that Marvel films are great. Right. And that's ju that just everyone's become an isolation. Everyone's fine. Right. right. So I don't think anyone is going to do anything to disrupt that in this country or mm. they're just not there's there's not going to be an audience for them. Right. Well, and I feel and I feel uh, just because no one wants to watch that. a movie where they say, hey, you know what? Maybe what you're thinking of is wrong. <laughs> right exactly that does not go well with people right now right well this is the this is the thing is because i i was going to say like just augmented slightly it's like this is not just like when we we're like this is not just about like trump supporters or racists or anything like this like this is about literally everybody it's like I'm, every, and I'm everybody absolutely i'm not saying anything yeah. about the trump supporters. i'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm both, everybody is everyone is doing the same thing. isolationist and like absolutely just like i want the world my way and i don't want to admit that anything else exists at all yep you know and if it doesn't look the way i want it to then i'm gonna be fucking bullshit and uh you know if you're talking to someone a and i'm gonna call you Kentucky, out you know what yeah. they're gonna say i'm gonna call you out for what i believe you right. know like this is the way i want it my way and if not fuck right. you and it's like in um uh what, what's the what, what the, we covered it for the show the uh uh the guy falls asleep for 100 years wakes up in the future and everything is Sleeper? idiocracy the, uh, idiocracy you know and <laughs> idiocracy has the bit with uh, the ad for carl's jr and the ad for carl's jr is fuck you i'm eating <laughs> like i feel like that's where we're at right now it's just sort of like i oh you have something different than what i already believe fuck yourself and you're you're not even an american get out right. of, get out of this country get out and i'm not interested in thinking or thinking about anything you have to say whatsoever no matter what and you can't say anything that's gonna offend me yeah and, and, and i have a long list of things that and i have like, a very long, very long list and this is and this point of view is true for the trump supporter in kentucky who is not going to be interested in and the the, the uber left-wing yep. student who's uh, accusing his teacher of microaggressions yes like, really? like there's, there's oh yeah this is, like, yeah. like <laughs> oh yeah this are, happens a lot yeah like these, these two, both of those things to me are the same problem. Same idiots. Yeah. You know, I have, I have my own, you know, like I'm, like I said, I'm very socialist, progressive, left-wing You ask me how I vote. I can tell you all day how I vote. And it's all way, 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 way to the left. The, um, but like the, like I try, no matter who I'm talking to, I try to talk to them as if they're a human being with opinions and ideas that if I'm talking to them, like I may as well listen to what they're saying just so I can hear their point of view instead of shutting them out because why talk to them? If I'm not going to, if I'm just not going to, if I'm not going to listen, then don't even fucking talk to them. It doesn't make right. any difference. Yeah. So, so, so here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. I was like, okay, so, so a lot of the anime and manga stuff is obviously becoming very popular now. The thing that's interesting also as well about it is that these are most of the people that are very interested in it or the places where it's becoming very popular is very young kids. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, very young, definitely the new generation, yeah. right? Yeah, 18 so it's a teenage, yeah. 18 and under, but also mm -hmm. like, you know, I would say between the ages of like mm, 10 to 25 is where a lot yeah, of, yeah, that's about right. Really, I mean, like anime okay. has been popular with at least some subgroup of people for, you know, 25 years now, but not, you know. not, not to a much larger, like, in, but now it's an entire if you, if you go into a high school today 
Right. It's all about anime. That's yeah. all people are talking about. And it's the right? only right. way that and it's the only way that kids draw literally at all. <laughs> like right. That is the style at which they're that's, that's what like. everyone's drawing anime. It's and is very popular and it's great. Okay. Right. But I have a feeling that this generation is looking at this like that is their easy rider, right? Oh yeah. So so totally so fair. so they're I think that they're they're getting excited about this because that's something that's new. And eventually I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but my kids aren't necessarily into the Marvel stuff that much. They don't really care about things. Brady will watch a Spider-Man thing. My my young, my youngest son is he could give a shit. He doesn't really care about movies. He's just like, oh, whatever. Wow. Video games. Yeah. Video games is where it is at. That's where storytelling happens. Because it's not even video games like, poo, 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 poo. like that. That's the stuff that I play. You know, like right. the, video game, the video games that um, that uh, all my kids play are like, that's deep, the next Hollywood. Deep, deeply written character stuff. Like profoundly deep, uh, just like novelistic character material. Yeah, yeah, like Last of Us and yeah, like that. and and because like they like that's that's actually a big pop AAA game compared to like you know like like for instance one of the big things they talk about is this game called Omori, right? And Omori is made with a game uh, a game maker, right? Which is a I think it's game maker. Anyway, it's a, it's a, so it is literally it looks like something from I don't know like 1993, like it's little. It's top down, little cartoony people. You move around, and it's all mm -hmm. on a grid, right? Um, and the point of these games is to tell a story about uh, uh, repressing guilt and uh, dealing with suicide and extraordinarily wow. real heavy stuff. And it's all told through character interactions that they can control and make choices and and all this stuff. And I'm just like, this is fucking deeper shit than most of the kids I knew in high school were reading. You know, and right. it's, it's all over the place. I'm just like, this is where it's at, man. And like, I totally, I totally get it. Like, like why, why even bother watching a fucking Marvel movie when you have this completely cathartic examination of self? Like mm. it's, a, it's a video game. Sure. You know, but it, first of all, it doesn't look like you're not whacking zombies. Like there's no fighting at all. You know, it's just going and talking and listening to what the other characters have to say and making choices based upon that. And, telling a story and like that's the real that's the new stuff that's where it's going and uh and it's not that like because when i think it, when people over 30 think about video games they imagine you know fucking doom you know and uh doom is actually what we have in the theaters right now only it's <laughs> superhero funny. movies <laughs> you, you know, know and you like, say that but i i am not a video game player as you know mm -hmm. but i appreciate the art and the storytelling of it for sure i just you know, yeah, that's with my analyst. But the point is, I've noticed since I was on Stealth years and years and years ago that the Great black man. and gray levels of films just kind of were veering towards texture-wise, the color of the textures in the CG were becoming the black levels of and the gray levels of um, video games. Interesting. Yeah. Like they're just like it's like the coolish gray and the blacks were like slowly, and then by the time 2015 and 16, these marbles, those levels that when you see it on a screen, just because I do a lot of color and lighting stuff, as you guys know, it's like wow, they're bending the movies to look like video games to make it look like video games, like the Certainly, textures. Yeah. Right? No, I think you're right because like you watch like um, whatever. I don't uh, think it was conscious, but. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if people are making that decision, but like they're making things based upon the stuff they're exposed to. 
and like most of the people that were doing the effects on whatever fucking uh, you know infinity war like they're looking at it as like i can't wait for till this is like marvel versus capcom you know and yeah. uh, and game that out and i think the thing is like the all of the great video games that are happening right now aren't uh the big triple a titles like it's all the indie stuff and all the indie stuff the artwork is fucking out of control mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's beautiful and insanely inventive a million different styles and like it's it and it, like there's a game that like there's a game that's um there's a, a, a couple of big big hip games like there's a game that was made insanely beautiful and it was made by five people five people and it's and because it was made by five people they could make it look like whatever the fuck they wanted and they didn't want it to look like a goddamn marvel superheroes fighting game and it was called angry birds yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean like I, I like if you if you go and if you get into video games you'll see that certainly i agree with it on anime where it's so like anime would get back into movies it's like anime and uh uh is in this and 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 korean films are in the zone right now that we it's just that the three of us are saying we wish that america would wake up to that right uh, in terms of film, in terms of popular. Well, what I'm saying is, I think they have. It's just mm-hmm. a different generation has. One hundred percent, right? And then you have a lot of, and I think people right now that are twenty, you know, that, that are millennials, right? The millennials are turning into twenty-five, thirty-year-olds right now, oh, right? Yeah, easily, right? Past so, that. That. so, 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 so those millennials are like, they're into that, right? right? they're into that specific thing that they that 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 kept them in the marvel world yeah right because marvel films were out when they were teenagers or now they're like they want to remake you know make a movie about you know uh uh uh, the uh uh, what's the power rangers right oh yeah fuck yeah stop stop power rangers was bad was bad yeah I'm sorry, but it was. Don't romanticize that stuff, boy. And don't, yeah, don't romanticize it, yeah. right? Like yeah. you know. And then I mean, there were th- things that I used to watch as a kid that are like, just watch it again. Yeah. You're gonna go. Well, the thing oh, is, man, like, it it is it is because the universe is infinite in time and space. It's possible to make an incredible Power Rangers movie. It's possible, but if you are making a Power Power Rangers movie, you're already off to a bad start. <laughs> well just because you know we, we we remade a bunch of 80s stuff right mm-hmm. like look stranger things as an example is like how much 80s can we just shove into this fucking movie right every single re- is a reference to some other fucking 80s movie no it's terrible just, it's the worst you know and yeah, listen, i, I like I, I like stranger things for everything it was not doing that you know what i mean absolutely well i mean they, actually the the the, throw, the show that i threw in there that was i thought was good ultimately it was good it started off really really well uh was uh archive 81 uh mm. was very good and uh it eventually just turns into a sort of a shitty x-files boring show but like the opening few episodes are good but even i'm so sensitive to callbacks to old 80s shit that I started to get tired of the references it was making to movies that I love. Yeah. Thank God. What needs to happen is we need to go back and reference and go back to the seventies, early seventies, like 1971. That's where viewers need to go. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, like I'm watching the movie. I'm just like, okay, so you're referencing the shining. You're referencing don't look now. You're referencing fucking uh, uh, Mrs. 45. You're referencing uh, French connection. You're referencing. I'm just like, where, where's your movie? 
<laughs> well, that's okay. So this is good. And this is why I wanted to sort of bring this up is because we were just talking about this guy's movie mm-hmm. that was done in 2017. Yes. Right. Exactly. right. So 2017. Yes. We say, okay, this is the kind of movie you do in the seventies. I don't, this movie does not feel like it's a movie that was doing referencing seventies film. Neither right. one of these were right. 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 This no, is I think one. when we, when we, at least for me, when I'm saying, oh, it's like the 70s because he has artistic control. Yes, yes. And he has the joy of writing a script knowing right. that yes. this thing to is going to get made the way the I see it. Right. He's not trying yes. to like, oh, I'm going to make it like a, like, I'm going to make it feel like a Kubrick film. Like, no, he's no. making his own fucking movie. I'm making That's what why I it feels like a 70s film. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, it's an artist making a thing. real yeah. rare. But and you like, know why? You know why Star Wars was so great? Because it was like no one's ever seen anything like that before. They were asleep at the wheel. Yeah. This it was only it. like something they, they haven't seen before after it was released and became a huge hit. Right. While the executives right. were making it, they were asleep at the wheel. Right. Much like they were asleep at the wheel for Saturday Night Fever when I was telling you guys yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking hot They just like let it, it right. slip. Oh, it slipped through the cracks. Well, then, this is like, they, then we said it a million times in the show. But like, uh, like, I don't like old movies because they are old. I like them because they are good, and there's plenty of old movies that I think are stupid. And if I th- if they came they out are. today, I would think they're stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I watch and, and every every movie I see is a not new the movie Domino to me. Principle, but other. No, no, that's but yeah, well, that's hold awesome. on, yeah. Uh, the other thing, like for example, I brought this up with music specifically. Everyone thinks of '80s music as all of the uh, the new age. Or, or new wave stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like no, that's no. the eighties music. It's like, no, actually, no. that was the least popular music. Yeah, no, at zero. that time, I see these movies that are set in the eighties and it's playing nothing yeah. but like fucking Morrissey and The Cure and all this. I'm just like, it was early yeah, on. Yeah. No, yeah. no, if you want to even make eighties, play a lot of <laughs> Def Leppard and White Snake. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it's it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. No, and I say that like I didn't love really Morrissey. The well, were amazing. Uh, yeah, I understand, but but that like, was now I'm into crispy ambulance. Sure, yeah, but I I don't expect it to actually be heard in the context of the of the 70s and the 80s. Like, come on, it's not not real, right? You know? But like, you know, McMonkey Man says, uh, 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 you know, his kids are off uh, are out on our Star Wars and Marvel, and I'm going to just say that is because they have good taste. <laughs> he has raised kids with excellent taste, and that's right. why it's happening. But it's just like the 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 real thing that's happening is uh and what disney doesn't understand uh as they own all the shit that we're talking about is like you can only fucking milk people's nostalgia uh till you know to to a certain extent it's amazing that they're still getting sand out of it you know and people are watching it they're just like oh yeah give me more boba fett you're just like boba fett was a incidental character in the second movie of a 40 year old franchise and now you're excited that there's a second shitty boba fett show <laughs> like i don't understand what you're excited about like yes mandalorian's pretty fun I, that's not a bad show but like everyone was complaining like they're complaining about the new one I'm just like i can't i don't know it's not living up to the mandalorian i'm like the mandalorian doesn't live up to star wars we're just happy that it's not terrible if, if the, <laughs> living up to the mandalorian just listen to yourself <laughs> like no it's no thing the is, mandalorian do, barely lives up a, to the fucking a team <laughs> yeah like the mandalorian like, <laughs> I, I i have watched two seasons of the mandalorian and i enjoyed myself it's a good show i'm not saying it's, it's a bad fine show. It's, it's perfectly fine. good show. it's 
I, show. I, there's other shows that I think are better. Yeah. Like, it's not like this is like, there's not one frame of that show that is in any way new at all. None. No. That every single thing Story they're showing or me script or is anything. 40 years old. Everything. And then like, I'm glad that it's, it's, it's a fun watch. And I like, you know, I think that, uh, that uh, uh, John Favreau's done an amazing job at, at sort yeah. of like writing the ship the for now. Star Wars. And I really like the guy. He's a good screenwriter and a good director. And like, he's, he's absolutely, he's like Ron Howard. He's like, he's a studio guy and he's going to, I'm going to make this the best way I know how within the boundaries of what they are doing. What did you so think not, of chef? I, I love chef. I thought chef was great. Like, that, because chef I think chef was, it's chef is about the commentary about him. Oh yeah. That's his, that, he, That's how he feels about the process for sure. And I like, think, that, Oh like, shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the, the food that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm the fucking McDonald's dude. I mean, this is it. And I think that like, he knows this, he is trying, he's doing his best. He's fighting a heroic fight to keep the fact that Disney is going to serve you shit. He's trying to make it at least palatable, you know, like Disney is like, you're going to eat star Wars in the face for the next 25 years. That's what you're going to do. And he's like, I'll do, I'll try to make this painless. <laughs> I'll do my very best. And it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. But it's you go back and look at Star Wars, the first Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Like these are two great examples. Number one, Star Wars is virtually an indie film, like at the level that it's made. And it's uh for its time unbelievably revolutionary. And then Empire Strikes Back, we've talked about how great That's screenplays it's, it's an unbelievable it's one of the best movies ever made. And it is revolutionary from a studio perspective that the studio allowed this now incredibly valuable franchise, fresh new franchise to re, re to, to be reborn on its second film. They're just like, we're going to risk it all on something good. And it's, that is why we've endured 40 years of trying to live up to that. No one's trying to make empire strikes back. They're trying to copy empire strikes back. You know, and this is where we're at. And it's just, and it's, it's insanely tiring. It's insanely tiring. Like I can, I can barely watch this. I just get so, fucking bored i get sleepy you know and i'm just uh, i don't know what but i think i, I think people. the problem is that they're not bad enough right yeah exactly they're just just enough to keep you know there's just enough juice left to keep the patient alive yeah right? exactly dude well this is the, this has been my uh, you've heard it before my complaint like the pipeline uh i mean this is obviously changing into something else but when we were comparing the pipeline of tv to the pipeline of film like 99.9% .9 of movies that are made are terrible. No, then this has always been true, right? Uh, always, but, yeah. Uh, uh, Not hard but, to heart, but others. Like, no, but just movie, movies, the, theatrical movies, 99% of them are terrible all the time, right? Sure. However, the, the business model allows for people to make great works of art that hit the ceiling, right? Whereas televisions, like a network television's production model, uh, does not allow things to be bad. Like everything you can possibly watch, if you turn on the television, is fine. Like Duck Dynasty, you can watch Duck Dynasty. Yeah, and let them. You'll, you'll realized, watch it all the way through. But it will I never produce something. the highs. And, and now that same thought process has infected, like as network television has gone away uh, because of streaming, like that mindset has infected uh, major film. Like major right. films are just shitty television shows now. What perfectly well produced, completely inconsequential yeah. hate. What were you going to say, Eric? 
what I was, I'm sorry, I'm eating bruschetta, but what I was going to say is what I don't like about contemporary films, or at least like the, the Marvel, is that I'm constantly told, and I, that this is of value, this is great, this is exciting, this is, and I'm fed that, and I really don't like to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really didn't like, I was very frustrated with the lobster because I'd be like, there's no fucking way I'd like for them to tell me to do this. And I was literally thinking like, if they said, put your hand in a toaster, I would stab the guy in the heart. I was like, there's no way I'm putting my hand in a toaster. You are not making me do this. <laughs> yes. and, I mean, and like the, I'm the movie not is putting your hands in the horrible <laughs> fat guy sing. Right, and it's like right. the only person who covered that song really well is Nick Cave in 1987. I think it was Kicking Against the Pricks. He right. sings Something's Got a Hold of My Heart. It's genius. Right. And he's great. But to listen to like somebody telling you what you should do like that, it, it's infuriating. So a lot of this marketing over the past 10 years of the Marvel stuff, it's like, this is important. <laughs> People love it. And that's one of the reasons I went so far away from it. Yep. Because I don't like to be told that it's great. But maybe if we flip back, guys, if we flip back and say, maybe the people that created, like the Disney's, because their brand is so, it's such a pristine brand and an important brand, that they're starting to tell people what to like rather than people saying what we like. Right. They've been right? doing that they're, for years. I know, yeah, but it's really down. evident. You know, it's not like because they have the tools to do it now. Right. They're they, they own the entire market. The cultural narrative. They're controlling they own the entire market. Right. Now, I had a thought when I finished The Lobster, you're going to say I'm crazy. And honestly, I think I just it came in my head and you're going to say I'm crazy. And I was like, maybe I don't mention this. Well, it's not a stupid idea, but I was thinking, God, you know, the way that things and people control people. I said, you know, I was thinking late night television in the 60s and 70s. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, I really think. There was something behind that. I'm not saying it's on purpose, but it destroyed the American workforce. Interesting. Because people's, you're supposed to have eight hours of sleep mm -hmm. and it destroyed that, that process, the sleeping process, because right. people stay up to 1130 yeah. and then they stay for another hour and watch late night. And then the right. narrative of the late night was so different. Right. Yeah. Right. So it Are you really, talking about like Letterman and stuff. Yeah. Letterman. Um, Johnny Carson, you know, yeah, and all of a sudden Park, people are right? staying up and going to bed at 1230 and they're waking up at 637. And mm -hmm. as the modern society, they have can't no sleep. It yeah, killed the sleep. That right. That's interesting. Yeah, that's which true. changed everything like right. politics, people, wars, mm -hmm. because you're supposed to have eight hours of sleep. That's what they did in the 19th century. I listened to a discussion where they were talking about what's going on and you're going to think it's crazy but this scientist was talking about it it's very interesting that he said that the average time people chew per day was two hours because the food was not processed so they're chewing and nuts right chew it. and and meat yeah, and chewing chewing chew. digest chewing right. chewing so their bone structure and their muscular structure in their cheeks was much greater and mm. their mouths were much wider right Right. And so now with the soft foods, our muscles are softer. They're not as strong, smaller holes, smaller oxygen. 
I don't That's know about smaller auction, but I do know that I used to go to a cafeteria called Luby's in Texas, and that was a place that definitely served food that was not hard to chew. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Why? What was it? A lot of, a lot of blue hairs, you know, liver and onions, that kind hey, of man. food. I like that stuff. That's fine. I do actually like liver but and onions. I so actually think that's good. a great theory because we did eat a lot more nuts and raw food in yeah, eighteen Yeah. Then yeah, we, we do now. everything we consume both with our mouth and with our eyes is very processed right now. It's heavily, processed. Heavily, it's heavily processed. Maybe that's what I'm getting to. But yeah. the late night theory. Yes, and there was a famous uh, mass shooting at Luby's. Anyway, go ahead. That that <laughs> Matt, that late night theory isn't so bad because it really made people stayed up and all of a sudden they're tired and tired. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it changes things, sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I, I, I do think it's an interesting idea that you have that people were not getting enough sleep. Because I've but, always, I was listening to a podcast about health because my wife's, I go to bed now at 1030 most of the time and I stop drinking. And they're like, oh, you need these seven, eight hours because that's the way the, the, you know, the body was built. And, you know, 200 years ago, 500, they had this sleep cycle that was long. I was like, well, thinking like, God, the, you know, last night, it's like, just the point is late night and entertainment killed that because once mm. you go past 12 12 30 you're wet and you and with a modern work day you have to get up at six so you're well, now six that, hours of sleep yeah and i think there's a there's a there, one of the dangers that we're facing uh, is that um that all that sort of webs all this together is the is that the way that we process reality is is now the like breakfast to sleep uh is, is media and media via stories like everything is a story as opposed to news or facts or anything like this like and so people want things to be related to them emotionally with payoffs and all this stuff and you start to have a very different view of your life in the world when you believe that your life is supposed to be operating like a story when that is not how life works literally at all like mm -hmm. stories themselves are metaphors to help you examine your life they're not reality and uh but now we've come to the point where we want our media to um be identical to our reality and we want our reality well, we think of our or, reality like media itself we want our news to be like our entertainment yes yeah, yeah. and it's it's a complete disaster like it's an actual disaster in which people die <laughs> like it's enough it's a bad way to think it's a terrible way to think uh, and it creates expectations. I mean, just like when you, you know, it's just like Instagram and stuff like this. It creates expectations of you and your life that you are not automatically not fulfilling, which keeps, makes you feel shame and a need to address the shame. And that's how they open the window to sell you things. And they sell you things with more story and all this kind of stuff. And like, I think that this, in terms of the movies we watch, like that's why we are addicted to now watching movies that feature only um heroes doing good things you know all the time because if we see someone who is like fucking uh colin farrell in either of these movies it's terrifying to find you find that you relate to him in any way like that's very like it's offensive <laughs> you're just like no please god don't let don't let this movie shine a light on how i actually am right you know and so we think of these things as frightening instead of you know healthy and uh and so like that one to bring into the realm of like 
movies of the 70s or whatever it is or korean movies right now like one of the great things about um uh parasite is that it doesn't t give you the narrative or rich people are bad and poor people are good like it, it absolutely refuses to say that like it says everybody is acting according to their circumstance and everything is causing the, th the thing that they don't want to have happen like it's this it's pushing itself around and it's a terrible mechanism you know and that's why it's an exciting movie as opposed to a validating movie. yeah you know, right you, you get to the end of that movie you're like that is not making me feel good <laughs> like this is making me feel like things are fucked and I'm a part so of the it. lack of validation in movies or in narratives or in stories is mm -hmm. it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, that we are addicted to right now for many reasons, we're addicted to validation and that's what uh, we keep on getting sold. And I think that like, I mean, my, my personal belief is that this has been going on since September 11th. Like it's not a surprise no. that shortly after that, we start watching shitloads of superhero movies where buildings blow up and good people fly in and save the day. And don't worry, everything's fine, and we're all really good people. <laughs> like, yeah, I you know the irony of that is that they were shooting Spider-Man during when that happened. Yeah, right. and that Spider-Man was going to build a giant web between the two towers. Yeah, and then yeah. they had to cut that whole sequence out yeah. of the movie. That's not going to work now. It's like the <laughs> the like that's the that's the thing is like the the trauma of that experience remains. I was actually I had the I was as I often do, writing an entire screed about how I hate Return of the Jedi. Uh, and I was thinking, this is because I guess like, you know, spoiler alert for uh, the one of the new. We've gone line. through this conversation okay. many times. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to. Everyone knows this. I'm not going to detail again. that. I'm going to talk about the <laughs> other side of it. I'm not going to go through the fucking thing again. The but uh, because one of the nine new Boba Fett shows features like, you know, elements <laughs> from Return of the Jedi and and. Uh, like characters that are famous from these from the old movie uh and everyone's like i can't believe they you know like fucked up the story of blah 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 i'm just like they fucked it up 40 years ago like and we still haven't tried to come to terms with this fact we keep on wanting them just to repeat the same thing that was fucked up and i'm just like this is like how we are with since 9 11 with superhero movies like we don't want to come to terms with our actual involvement in the world, which is insanely complex, that led to that horrible thing. Like, as opposed to the idea that America got attacked out of the blue by evil people, like, this isn't what happened. Like, America is a complex institution that has been fucking around with the Middle East for an awfully long time, and there's a lot of well, poverty and that's anger the... and all this other stuff that's going on. And anyone who's paying attention was not surprised. The worst, well, the problem I have, the biggest problem I have with our reaction to 9-11 is when, you know, people were saying, why did they attack us? And their Jesus answer Christ. was, they, because they hate our freedom. They hate our freedoms. Yeah, they hate like, our freedoms to, uh, like, install dictators that oppress their people. They do hate that freedom. Or specifically. We still do that. Guys. No. Yeah, it's course. a big if people didn't realize that this is all about what the fuck we're doing and intervening with Israel and Palestine, Absolutely. the Israelis and, and the Palestinians, it's, like, it's, it's, it's all exactly. The and, it's, and to boil it down further, it's about oil because we wouldn't care about it even that if that place weren't a giant goddamn gold mine. Well, so like this, this is like 
like it they, like all of this is because we like and the thing is like i'm not making i don't i don't believe in america is a bad guy we hate our freedom it's it's because idiotic. well we've we've not been great but yeah because like, they hate our freedom is the most asinine yeah it's a dumb thing, thing and it and then that's because I'm I'm sorry, okay. but both sides you can't reflect stupid can't because re there's a guy in Canada I think is a big effing moron. Is the, mm -hmm. uh, what's his name? Trudeau. No, 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 I know <clears throat> I don't support these truck drivers, but he got GoFundMe to cancel like nine million of donations. The point is, just sit with the, these truck drivers and say, you know, what can we do? But he's creating these battles. This it's like it creates more problems, just like America. We create more problems overseas than is necessary. Well, like, yeah, like the, meddling well, the, with the, Libya, getting rid like, of well, this is the, thing. like the the reason. Like, if we because I I think America, I, I legitimately like this is going to sound crazy, but like I really I love America. I love my country. I believe in everything that we say we're about, and I think this is one of the greatest one of the greatest places on earth. It's amazing. I have, I believe all that stuff, but I don't believe it without comment. Like, I believe that those are ideals that we're aspiring to, and we often totally fail to get there. And one of the primary ways we fail to do that is we tell ourselves bullshit stories about what good guys we are to places like the Middle East when we aren't. Like, we're, we have a very complex relationship, and sometimes it's hard to do things any other way. But, like, it's not, like, when 9-11 happened, like, this is the end product of decades worth of strife that's right that, and it is our fault that we that people were that americans were surprised by it and the fact that they were surprised by it is part of why it happened like like killing through killing three thousand people is a spectacularly evil thing to do it's horrifying that it was done but i'm saying that this is not dudes did not just wake up and just like you know what i just want to be a mass murderer today like they there there is a deep history of terrible things that put these people in the position That's to right. think that they were doing something good when actually they were doing something incredibly cruel and awful. And but what did we do? So like our reaction to that was to tell more stories about ourselves about how great we are and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And we didn't just do that politically, we did this through the media we consumed. That's right. And, uh, and instead of processing the trauma and saying, like, we want something like this to never happen again. So what caused it? And what are the roots of all this stuff? Instead of facing any of that stuff and being responsible about, like, even just in telling stories about it, using stories to root through our emotions, we instead, Captain America. Yeah. The Avengers. <laughs> like, and we're like, yeah, that stuff makes me feel really good for some reason. And we've done that for 15 fucking years. You know, and yeah. it's just like this. This is not good for you. <laughs> like, it is cancel not culture is killing arts too. Well, all like, well, like cancel, like, can, like both sides are cancel culture to me. Like everyone, everyone, everyone's totally oh, yeah. fine everyone's with canceling. canceling each other. Yeah, exactly. Like the the fucking crazy right wing, you know, Trump supporters, full They're on canceling love, things. They cancel the fuck out of everything as much as they can. They don't call yeah. it cancel culture, but they do the same goddamn thing. You yeah. know. And so, like everybody is doing this, they're just trying to come up with a different word for when they do it, right? You know? oh, yeah. Like, no, it's good when I do it. It's just bad when the other people, the bad people, do it to me, you know. And so, right. like all of that stuff, like all of the political uh, strife, the social political strife that we're facing, is because we have unattended pain, 
like because out of 9-11 you have uh like the back and forth between the left and the right over invading iraq became so extreme that when barack obama was finally elected the left was like ha now the bad guys have been defeated you know meaning the republicans and the republicans are like well we're going to come up with a bad guy for you then like here it comes you know and when that it's that extremism where nobody is interested in trying to find out how they were a part of the network that caused this pain they are only interested in talking about why they themselves are not to blame that's right and so we've created cultural bastions where the only valid thing to say is first of all this isn't my fault second of all unless you agree with me it is your fault and this is how we this is the media we consume and it's how we talk to each other and the news in quotes makes money off of that conflict as entertainment and now we're yeah. caught in this fucking spin dry cycle where where we we've driven ourselves insane you and know what's like, weird is, in, is it's incredible. all about advertising yeah mm. like the entire our entire all of these wars all this hate all of this is all tied to advertising yeah which mm. is what's really strange if you think about right. it everything that's happening in facebook is about advertising right they are losing so much money right now in advertising yeah because yeah. apple is uh, put in uh, imposed these tracker like tracker blockers mm -hmm. right so they've lost massive amounts in advertising which is also strange right, right. also the new generation doesn't like facebook right yeah, good so, yeah, <laughs> yeah good right don't right ever fucking so, touch it so 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 that's also interesting but like news right cnn fox it's all about advertising. They they get their troops rallied up on the news and then show them a bunch of ads mm. and they get paid a shit ton of money for showing exactly. those ads, which yeah. is so if the concept of advertising, if that kind of just went away, I yeah, wonder what would happen. Right. Advertising is based on the idea of telling you a story about yourself to make you feel bad. So you buy a thing. And the more conflict there is in your life, whether within yourself with other people, the more chance there is of you buying a thing. So they want to cause as much strife in your mind as possible. And if it takes, it's taken over by other people who are, are the bad guys, all the better because that just runs itself. Right. That's what they do. Because what's interesting is like, if you look at like Tucker Carlson or whatever, and he says something ridiculous, which he does all the time. Yeah, a lot of he people professionally does. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a professional troll. So his, what the people try to do is they try to get his advertisers to cancel him. Right. Right. But the advertisers are making money off of him. doesn't like, matter. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. They'll, and, and if it gets so bad, they will stop funding him and replace him with another Tucker Carlson because that makes a lot of money. Yeah. Like that's about it. That's what's going to happen. They'll, like, and they'll make a big, Oh yes, we have finally gotten rid of that bad actor, Tucker Carlson. And now here's Coker Tarlson. <laughs> you know? like that's that's what they do like because that's right. the fucking scam they're running but the but the thing is with all the stuff media and, the, and movies that we consume the, like like we now have it's gotten so bad that what we want to consume is stuff that makes us feel safe like we're just like oh shit like my entire life is nothing but trauma if i look on facebook it's trauma if i go look on instagram it makes me feel bad i just want to fucking have peace please give me paste <laughs> like i don't right. want to look inwards toward uh, towards my heart 
I just want to not be crying. Yeah. Right. And that's, that is where I feel the new, the new generations are now. And it's an incredibly horrible, stressful place to be, you know? And so when I hear that things like anime are hitting it big, I'm excited because it gives you a way to talk about your pain that has no context in the rest of this bullshit media landscape that's scraping you for cash. Like art is good for you. Find it and experience it. And that's what they're doing. That's why fuck you, Star Wars. You're done. Like the new kids do not want it. And I'm very glad they don't want it because it's trash. And it's, it's a, it's like by, it's like being excited about a new Boba Fett show is like being excited about getting leeches put in your body. Like, <laughs> it's idiotic. Yeah. Don't hold back. Ugh, it makes me crazy. It's like Coke and new Coke. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's garbage in garbage out. You know. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up because I know we've been down this battle. And we've, we're 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 kind Whoa. of unfortunately we're our own echo chamber, which is also yeah, a problem. It's fun, though. <laughs> uh, uh, right? Uh, I do. I, I. What do you guys? Do you think we should try to get another podcast in the bag next week as opposed to a watch party? Yeah, probably sure. just yeah. do that if that's cool. We have a bunch of ideas that we've tossed around last uh, at our last uh, in internal meeting. But if you guys have any ideas, you know, hey, you know, McMonkey Man or Jason or any of you guys, if you have any ideas of things you'd like us to to talk about, you know, let us know. And yeah, tell us if you that. if you guys thought this show was good, let us know as well. You guys are always very kind or bad. You're like, you know, yell at me. Or it's, <laughs> most of you guys are upset at me for interrupting Eric or telling Eric to not go so fast. Well, look, it's just because you're not a good person but that's not but that's not you know it's not like and i'm not trying to yeah it's all good it's all good good we should continue on like that but in any case you can communicate to us on twitter at uh martini giant you can hit us up on instagram uh at uh, martini underscore giant you can write to us at podcast.martinigiant.com and we do two things on the show we do regular shows where we talk about movies uh, yeah. Please write in and let us know the movies you want us to cover because we're happy to do that. And uh, second of all, we also do watch parties on the weekends um, when we're not doing shows, low normal shows, and where everyone can join and link their uh, their uh, um, uh, their Prime account to their Twitch and come and watch a movie with us. So we're looking for suggestions on from the what free on Prime list what you would like us to do for watch parties. They're at the mm-hmm. same time on uh, random given Saturdays, uh, three mm-hmm. p.m. West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about movies, not about content. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. content. content. If, if I mean, as long as it fits with our advertising kind of forecast, I'm all good for this. Yeah, guys. no, that's what we really got to be, be be careful about. Yeah, uh, yeah it, content. If you, it, you know, if you pronounce, if you call it content, yeah, Just long as people are content. I just produce, produce content. <laughs> Please bring more content to make yes. sure that people are content. I'm a content maker. Content, I'm a content maker. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Start making discontent. More discontent, please. Since we're on Twitch and people are, are here, what do you guys think about us starting uh, uh, a little uh, MJ uh, or uh, MG, sorry, MG um, uh, Discord? Yeah. I may do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then we can just, you know, and then we can have little live chats with people and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I can cut and paste my Return of the Jedi stuff just over and over again. It's gonna be, you'll, everyone's gonna love it. It's gonna be good. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I never cut and paste it. I always rewrite it from scratch. Look, Monkey Man, you liked uh, the the Discord idea? Uh, you know, that's you know, let, let, you know, let us know because we can we can try it out, see if people want to join and be part of that because. I'm thinking more like moving away from, like we don't actually. I don't even know if we really need the Facebook anymore. You know, what I mean? they don't really use the Facebook. I don't yeah. use it. Like I post on, I, I post you know alerts on Facebook. That's basically what I do. My Twitter, Instagram, Discord, be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like thinking Facebook. about the. You know, if if I I, I kind of have to be on Facebook a little bit for work purposes <laughs> and stuff like that, but part of me is like, there's actually one thing that's that if if I completely quit facebook and like got out of it completely what would i quote unquote miss the most there's a there's a couple of facebook groups that are useful to me what specifically there's some fishing ones in there yeah like i don't think i don't like i think the best thing to do with facebook you can leave it or not leave it but like do not interact with it in any social way at all like it isn't right i don't i just i don't get rid of it because i'm afraid somebody's going to come to my door and shoot me yeah like, may or it's going to be used against me at some point in my life so i was yeah. like yeah like i'm perfectly fine having it it's 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 convenient occasionally it's fine you know but I, I i just refuse to do anything that's i'm i don't talk about real life stuff there I just talk about bullshit yeah, yeah. Mm, no other way okay. but yeah no uh the uh yeah mcmuck man says yes twitter is uh all just me and dan making jokes anyways and i just want to say anyone who's not following martini giant twitter you're missing out on some fucking oh yeah no no our twitter is great yeah and 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 uh dan dan mostly runs our our twitter uh voice so that's definitely his voice talking uh uh much more my voice todd's jokes yeah but we also uh but there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of conversation on there but you also do a lot of shares and and and, and retweets that are oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I think, hey, I did you that... go to the website tonight and see the new image? I didn't. What? No, go right now. It's very exciting. We can all do this interactively. Okay, so did you Man, use right the now. promo stuff I gave you, Dan? I did uh, last minute, but yes, I did. That looks yeah, great. it's that looks great. great. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, for oh, those man. of you who are watching, it is basically us in the bus with the other lobster candidates what animal would you be by the way if you, what if, an, that is something we never covered okay we, we should have, we should have asked that yeah we I should have asked what animal would uh i mean i believe mcmonkey man would probably be a monkey I hope uh, so. uh an angry uh, monkey how would i want to be uh, uh as a person if i uh, if i couldn't get my relationship back together I, well, I, what's your favorite animal but the question is do you want to be your favorite animal i don't know if i would want to be my favorite animal but I, I would probably... What is your favorite animal? I love, uh, I love dogs and cats. I love cats. I like, I love other people's dogs, and I like owning cats. Yeah, that's Those not dogs. a. That's not inventive. That's what they even that's said what that in the lobster. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how it is. That's the natural thing to say. But to be an interesting animal, it would be, it would be fun. Like I would like to be maybe an axolotl. That would be mm -hmm. interesting. A what? An axolotl. What's that? Look it up. It's really cute. Okay. I'm thinking more of a bird, like a big bird, migratory nice, yeah. bird, right? Mm. Like an albatross or something like that. That's great. A lot right. of traveling, get yeah. to see a lot of things. A raven. I would, and ravens would be great. You are kind of like an albatross around our neck, too. That, that's true. <laughs> so you just fit right in. Yeah. Uh, we could still do the show 
Yep. <laughs> well, I also look at look at, or an osprey, right? Like I see an osprey, and they're like beautiful, oh, man. Yeah, amazing fishermen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, they are. They're all yeah. over here. Yeah. Yeah. Where I am. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They they have an eighty percent success rate when they dive and catch a fish. Eighty percent. That's crazy. And they didn't have to pay for lure and do all that stuff and get right. go to YouTube and look at videos. They just did it naturally. Well, they have an incredible precision uh, when they do what they do. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. But some kind of a bird, I think, would be cool. Well, that's your oh. assignment for next week, Chet. <laughs> what, what kind of animal would you be? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like this is now from Alan Partridge. And what kind of animal would you be on that Martini Giant next week? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's his, what's that guy's name? Oh uh, God! What uh, Alan Partridge? No, no, no. I was Steve thinking Coogan? of the. I was thinking of uh, the guy who runs the the uh, the 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 actor studio. Oh God, <laughs> the, James Lipton. Yeah, um, James Lipton. Uh, what animal would you be? And now, if you were the lobster, <laughs> when you got to the gates of heaven and everyone was looking at you with eyes as loving as mine, what would you want God to say about how amazing you are? <laughs> I saw, speaking of that, I saw a great, I think it was a, I was think it was a Gary Larson um, one. What is why cats have nine lives? And it's at the gates of the pearly gates. And he's like, in or out, in or out. And the cat is standing yeah. there. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do this. All right. Hold on. She has myself situated here. Oh, by the way, uh, some people were asking what's on my shirt. And it's a shirt that Brady got me. And it says, sorry, I missed your call. And then it's a picture of a guy fishing. It says, oh, that's great. On, that was, I was on, on my other, other line. line. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. That's cute. That's great. Yeah. So you got me a fishing shirt. Okay, uh, all right, you guys ready to do this? Yep. Drink. <laughs> <laughs>